Can we get some Mega Visions Wall Scrolls? Can we get those printed up? And then us drawn as like I don't know some like uh, like some weird like looking hentai characters, and we put that (laughs) on like a body pillow. That's gold right there. Um, (laughs) That would be pretty uh, funny. When Rachel and I started dating and going to a couple conventions, the first one we went to, uh, AJ was single, so Rachel and AJ were hanging out before I got down there. And they came to the conclusion that you go to conventions, you see a lot of uh, stuff like Hatsune Miku here. Uh, this was a gift, by the way. I would not buy one of these for myself. <laughs> but they sure, would see you see yeah. all those um, different statues like that, like posed on for some reason top ramen uh, cups and stuff, you know. Uh, and you see oh, yeah. a lot of them as bookends and things like that. So now they are known as ramen girls. So they always joke that. For the next anniversary, they're going to get me some nice ramen girls for my collection or something. So instead of hentai <laughs> pillows, we could get some ramen girls of the Mega Visions crew. Ah, that would be funny. I like that. That's just a little aside there. Um, that would be funny. Just to... <laughs> oh shit! I'm, that, that uh, I mean, with weird. all the with all per topic, so it's like you know, Hatsune Miku ramen girls brides again. If we're talking about that, I think that's what the video should be. Well, um, rather than like... Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 46 of the Mega Vision Show, the companion podcast to Mega Visions Magazine. Uh, today is August the 9th, 2020. Uh, I'm Graham Cookson, the production editor of Mega Visions, and joining me today we have Chris Powell, the editor of Mega Visions, and Scotty Moe, the managing uh, managing editor for Mega Visions. I forgot what your title was this then. I apologize. That's fine. But yes, yeah. welcome, guys. <laughs> Hello. How are we all doing today, fellas? Good, good. I'm here. Good. I'm all right. Glad you're all alive again. Very good. Lovely. Still alive. Um, how's your week been going, fellas? Chris? <laughs> oh, Chris well, going? my week was pretty terrible, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, oh, there was a <laughs> hurricane that came through uh, the East Coast um, earlier last week. Okay. And uh, it it came through in like with like 90 miles per hour winds and just this like really bad storm no one expected the winds to be that bad uh but it pulled down a ton of trees uh around town uh but unfortunately uh one of the tree came and hit a power line um and blew all our transformers and so everyone in our street and and most of the people in our town uh for a couple of days lost power but ours ended up going from like three to four days that so we just ended up getting our power back i think like maybe uh thursday i think like thursday night okay. and so wow. pretty much the entire week we were without power and it was uh it was pretty awful um just baking in our our house just it was just so sweaty and nasty 
Um, but I'll tell you what, man, uh, when we finally got power back, it was like a godsend. And it yeah. just made me realize, like, I am a complete pussy. And I would never be able to live out in the wilderness or anything like that for any like length of time. Yeah. Oh, man. I can see you've got your, your fat seating fan on there in the background. So yep. mm-hmm. yeah, as soon as power comes back on fan on like it. Yes. <laughs> that's good. I'd be, I'd be the same. I'd be the same. Yeah. Um, that's terrible. Yeah. Um, it's, it's funny that like, I guess in today's the, the, the world as it is right now, the, the new normal as everyone keeps saying, News like that about a hurricane hitting the east coast of America would have been news that we'd have got in the UK. I did not see any news about that at all because of wow. everything else that's going on. Everything right. else wrong that's going on in the world right now. I did not. Right, that's like right. that was really low on the list of things. But it wow. also made okay. me realize like I need to finally get serious and get a uh, generator. And so that's my next big purchase. So I'm already like looking at some that I want to get, but I, w- I want something that can actually like keep. Uh, a good portion of the house powered up, like, you know, just with the, all our appliances and things like that. Because, um, dude, when you just lose power and you have nothing in your house that's, like, working, um, it is the worst thing ever. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, uh, I don't remember if I've told it on here, but it was an early day in the quarantine. Uh, I've I've been working from home, I've mentioned before, but it was an early day in the quarantine where I woke up just because my body woke up. But we had no, we had lost power in the middle of the night. Um, you know, the clocks were blinking and stuff. And I, and my phone is still on. But I'm thinking like, okay, I have to call into work, tell them I'll either be late or not coming in today. And then, but I was thinking like, wait, how will I? I don't. I was like, I don't have my boss's cell phone. So I hope. I mean, she's supposed to check the out of office line. Um, but I was like how would I let her know that the reason is I lost power and that I don't know if I'll be on today? Like, there was no way to actually directly connect with my people from work. So I'm like, okay, well, I could just go, no, I can't go to my mom's and use her internet because we're still early into the quarantine. So there wasn't enough knowledge to know, even though she's older, she wasn't really high risk, but I thought she was then, didn't know all that information. So I'm like, well, maybe I, no, I can't go to a Starbucks and just use their Wi-Fi. And I was like, this is how it ends. <laughs> I can't do anything right now. This is how the world ends. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, just uh, to echo I mean, your, like how helpless we feel without electricity and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess now that people don't really have landlines anymore, like, right. I mean, I don't have a, like, you yeah. can't just pick up a phone and you, you rely on this battery powered device and and he's charging. Uh, these little va- electricity vampires. That's what they basically are. They just suck yeah. energy. And Anyway. So everybody's uh, homework, build a wow. ham radio for yourself. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, Scotty. Um, oh, Chris. Sorry, Chris. Have you finished? Uh, is, that, is that? Yeah, yeah. That's, dude, that's pretty much it. Just we sat around, played a ton of board games. Yeah. Um, and no, it, yeah. you know, and actually it was, it was awesome in, in a way because it did, um, like make us all basically be in the same room, you know, the entire time. And so uh, the kids went out and just went outside and played more. They did all that stuff. So it was it was good in a way just to kind of like get away from all the technology for a little bit, you know. Yeah, that's fair. That's cool. Twenty twenty, cool. the year reminding us that things could be worse, but here it's going to be this crappy for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, uh, so Scotty, what about you? Uh, been up to much this week? Jack crap. 
work was really horrible and did a good bit of overtime. Um, since I've done nothing, I thought I'd tell you guys a quick story of my sort of initiation when I worked at a movie theater a couple for a couple summers. Um, this was back in 2005. I'm trying to think what movies were really out then. I know The Ring was out. So, But anyway, what they have is an initiation. One of my favorite jobs, honestly, working in a movie theater, I think at the time it was a Cinemark. It's changed hands now. Or maybe it's a Cinemark now. Doesn't matter. Um, but the staff was pretty cool, and they said there is an initiation, initiation for anyone new is we take you to an abandoned hospital. And that's all they told me. And so I'm like, (laughs) I'm game. Let's go. I play Resident Evil. I know what to do, you know? Um, So, uh, but on the way there, I I wasn't driving there. Uh, I was, I was, it it was just a a couple of cars going. I'd say there were a couple, uh, probably like six or eight of us going, including myself. But on our way there, uh, one of them was like, so Scott, I'm going to level with you. You're actually pretty cool, so we're not going to mess with you, but we still want to go here and just kind of fuck around. So we brought some fireworks and stuff. I'm like, all right, even better. Okay. So, But we get there, and it, this hospital is no longer there, but it was just one a one-floor hospital. Um, and we walk in the double doors, and like we're slowly walking. This was before cell phones had much in the way of flashlights that are as good as they are now, so we were really using our screens more so. Um, and but as we're walking down the hall, like there's water on the floor that's slowly rising as we're walking, but we don't feel like we're going at a slant. But clearly, part of this building is sinking. Um, and like we would pass by rooms, and there'd be rooms with no mattresses on the beds, but the bed frames are there and you still see the restraints and stuff. So they're like, Oh "Oh, yeah, this wasn't really a hospital. It was more of an asylum type place. I'm like, that's cool. I want to go now, like leave, let's leave. (laughs) And so of course, while we're walking around, like some doors are locked, some doors are open and everything. But, uh, and then finally one of the douchebags with us just lit a firecracker and tossed it in a room without warning. So we were reminded that, Oh, we have fireworks with us. Um, so, but, we're just like walking around getting creeped out. So this was I don't I think maybe the grudge had been out now. I think the ring was out, but wow. not many not a whole it wasn't as mainstream to have those like conjuring movies and um what's what's that mm-hmm. one about uh the 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 total showtime hacks that have a fake ghost show but then they go to a place that actually has ghosts in it. You guys know what I'm talking about? It's like penitentiary or something. I yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I, I, I can't remember what it is. Grave Encounters. Grave Encounters. Yes. Um, it's a good movie. Even if you're not into those, I recommend Grave Encounters. But so right. we eventually get to the cafeteria, and we look in, and it's just gigantic. And it's like probably 50-foot tall ceiling, like really up there. And we're like just looking around and, you know, find – I remember someone found a basketball, and because it's a big room, just chuck it across the room and whatever. We're walking around. Somehow we missed it walking in, but in the middle of this cafeteria amongst just wheelchairs and tables and chairs and just everything strewn about, there's a full car, like a full-sized car in the middle of this cafeteria, <laughs> missing some doors, but the, the body of it and like wheels and all are still there. Um, so we kind of just – goofed around but it was still creepy as hell because there are no lights we're just going off the power of our cell phones and everything walking around this abandoned God. asylum hospital place and i just remember it was one of the coolest things i've ever done because it went from initiation for the dumb newbie to oh we're just 
buddies hanging out and being idiots in an abandoned hospital with fireworks. So I don't. So it worked. Uh, then. Be responsible with your fireworks, please, and don't trespass. <laughs> but that's what I did in two thousand five or six or something. <laughs> oh wow! Oh my god! So. That was actually pretty cool. <laughs> how, how, just out of curiosity, like. I, in my in my head, this this cafeteria has like big windows and like the moonlight shining in and stuff. Was that the no, case where they all no, boarded up? No, it was all like there. There must have been some sort of external light coming in because definitely our cell phones would not be able to light up a room that big. So I want to say there might have been um, uh, what's it called? Not sunroof. Um, when you have skylight? windows, yeah, skylight. There must have been something like that because it definitely wasn't illuminated enough with just our cell phones. So it, that was. Okay nearly 15 years ago now so my memory might be a little foggy on it but um yeah so i haven't seen a lot of that crew in a while but it was just that was one of my best jobs because the pay was crap but free movies and a good kind of family work environment um i do remember another day that i could tell another story but there was one really slow day and it was only me and one other guy working we just kept pranking each other throughout the day (laughs) um but uh save that for another show yeah that'll be another show but um i haven't told that story too often so i thought it'd be it'd be fun to throw that out yeah so wow that's brilliant uh, i love it and i love i I do i i've had jobs like that where the pay is crap the job is kind of crap but the people there make it actually quite fun and an enjoyable experience so yep yeah Mm -hmm. pros and cons yeah yeah um for me, to be honest, I haven't actually been up to a huge amount this week. We've had a mini heat wave in the UK, and yesterday was like the hottest day for like 50 years or something ridiculous. I don't know. Ooh. And even though everyone's meant to be social distancing, apparently like red alerts were put out on some of our beaches because half the country decided to go to the beach that day. And there's like pictures of, you know, just you basically can't see the beach. It's just heads and bodies everywhere. So it's like, I love the idea. <laughs> That England sends out a red alert because there's just too many people out. <laughs> this is like a national crisis. Well, they've they're got fears that all these people are going to get coronavirus. And oh, yeah, and today there's a report that like uh, one of the main motorways is blocked because, it, again, it's going down through a seaside town called Dorset. Um, and it's basically wall to wall traffic going towards the coast. And it's just like, what? Just stay in your house. I know it's hot. God damn it! That's but we don't we have air conditioning over here, so I was going to ask: you know, is that not a is that not a common thing? Uh, central air in England? I mean, I I not, don't mean to be ignorant. We don't, we don't really need it. That's the thing. Like we do get uh, we do get some days in hot summers. Like we have had some really hot summers where it's actually been as hot as America. But we only we only have it for like a few days. So mm-hmm. most of the year we don't need it. Um, I wish that were the case I, over here. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, offices have it. So like every, pretty right. much every vaguely modern office has air conditioning in and most like so, you know um shopping centers and shops yeah grocery stores they all have it but okay. houses tend not to interesting um and my, my flat is quite new it's like maybe 10 years old like less than 10 years old and uh that's that doesn't have it um it's really warm in the winter as well i don't the only time i put my heating on is to test if my heating works because my my flat is really in the winter if i just shut my windows it's like it's hot. Hmm, I only have the wow. windows open because it's very, very well insulated. But hmm. yeah, so um, yeah, so I slept in the living room last night uh, with the door open to the balcony, and it was lovely and cool because the bedroom was uh. way too warm. Um, but yeah, so I guess 
yeah, I don't really have much else uh, to talk about. Uh, although I did want to mention Chris's moustache right there because that is looking <laughs> epic, sir. It's not new. Now, electricity, you haven't even have to trim it. No, but look at look how bushy it is now coming out. Yeah, it's getting, yeah to, it's... getting to the robotic stage of being able to twist it. Yes, I, I know that I did say that. I don't want to basically have it to be like Please robotic. Don't do that. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm just I'm stuck in my house all day, and I'm just like I'm not gonna cut this thing. I'm just gonna let it oh, grow and see what happens. Right. You do have more uh more chin hair going on. I've noticed. I don't know. Yeah, if that's yeah, on yeah. purpose. I or haven't not. like sh- No, I just haven't shaved in like, gotcha. know, a few days. So I um yep. I said I stated I literally said this morning uh when I was um. Speaking of heat, like it's, we don't have a fan in our in our bathroom, so as soon as I'm out of the shower, the side window is open, door is open, so get that cross breeze. But I was yelling to Rachel as I was uh, looking at myself in the mirror. I'm like, "All right, so uh, when my hair gets down to the to my shoulders, that's when we think about haircuts again during quarantine, right?" Because <laughs> um, it's yeah, we haven't uh, haven't done that in a while. You can't tell when I'm recording because the the headset is my hairband essentially, but. <laughs> it's getting long and nobody gives a crap anymore so why cut it right uh, now exactly yeah exactly yeah um i do have i do have one kind of gaming pickup uh this week um but it's digital so it's actually a modern pickup um so i've actually been you know I, I assume you guys know that the yakuza games have been slowly being released on xbox one now basically right uh and yakuza kiwami 2 came out recently so i've actually picked up yakuza 0 yakuza kiwami and yakuza Ki- Kiwami 2 now uh, on my Xbox One. They are available on Xbox Game Pass for free, basically, or I say free, you know, the subscription. But, right. Um, but I've actually been paying. I've been paying for them because I want. I want Sega to make keep the franchise coming to Xbox and stuff because I love the franchise. I don't really get to play as much. So I haven't, don't have a PlayStation Four, but yeah. So that's one of my pickups I've had this week, and yeah, I haven't played it yet though. Because I'm still trying to finish off Deliver Us the Moon. Uh, which I'm keep picking up and playing. I still love that game. So far, it's just a very good game. I mentioned it a few weeks ago on the podcast. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to start playing Yakuza after I finish that game. I want to be at a stage where I start finishing games once again. Or at least get to I, a point where I'm, I'm like get bored of a game enough that I'm like I don't want to yeah. play this anymore, which does happen. Or I want if I'm enjoying a game, I want to finish it now. So, yeah, that's what I'm doing. That's my goal in life at the moment. Huzzah! <laughs> yeah, I hear you. That's pretty much it. Um, no Dreamcast so, update. Ah, they. My I have no dongle update. My dongle update this week <laughs> is I have no dongle update. So stay tuned for more dongle news. <laughs> but nice. I, I guess that brings us to the end of the introductions. And with that, we are going to have a quick break, and we'll be right back after these messages. I want to let you guys know that Megavisions has a Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Megavisions. And when you're there, you can choose to uh, get either a physical or digital issue of the magazine. Uh, We ship uh, worldwide, so you can get one wherever you live. And if you subscribe to the physical edition, you automatically receive the digital issue uh, as well. And we only charge your account when we're actually ready to ship an issue. So you don't have to worry about getting uh, random charges that you don't understand why they're coming your way. We are uh, very clear and we let everyone know uh, like the weeks leading up to when we're actually going to charge everyone's account. So 
uh, anyway, please go check it out. Uh, like I said, it's uh, www.patreon.com slash megavisions. Hello and welcome back. Now we're moving on to Scotty Moe's Mail Sack of Wonder. Scotty, That's right. Let me unzip thing. this bad boy. Get out my Game Boy Color. What? I'll oh, just move that out of the oh. way of the questions. All right, for the questions. So we got Mr. Haru in our Discord asked, what was the most aggressive example where... Wait, what? <laughs> what was the most <laughs> ag- aggressive example of media... What? Where a piece of media. Oh, okay. What was the most aggressive example where a piece of media went from 100% hype for you to then completely tank to zero? Um, For myself, uh, I I followed my gut on this. I'm sure this will be the same for a lot of people. Mighty number nine. Um, That was the follow-up to all of Mega Man by the creator of Mega Man, what not? I want. I, I always want to say Shinji Mikami, but that is Resident Evil. Capcom. What is? Yeah. What's what's? Um, what is his name? The. I took a photo with them at Magfest a few years ago. Um, I took a photo with them, and now where are we? I don't know. Um, he's on my Instagram timeline. I know that. Uh, but this does not help. Us. No, nothing. Uh, um, uh, Mighty Akira number nine. Kita- huh? Akira Kitaka. Oh, wait, sorry. No, I'm not going to ask. Akira Kitamuru? Keiji Inafune. Yep, Keiji Inafune. Oh. Um, so that's not who says it. Wikipedia's either lying or you guys have got the wrong facts. Because <laughs> the creator of Mega Man is apparently Akira Kitamura. Uh, I think right. uh, Inafune was like been like the, the designer or the uh, director of those games. And so... Okay. Uh, let's I'll type in... Uh, yeah, Inafune was who I was thinking of, but it it doesn't matter. Um, point is, yeah. Mighty Number no. Nine got people really hyped because it was it, it was one of the most successful Kickstarters, and you know it's the creator of Mega Man being let loose, doing his own thing, not tied down by Capcom or anything like that. Uh, everyone was excited, and and the, I think the it, to answer the question though, um, by an aggressive it being aggressive was there were ads and the video not ads but like hype behind the posts and stuff and then finally that one commercial that everybody's thinking about came out that said uh something like you won't be like an anime fan on prom night and everyone was like what that's the exact crowd you're trying to make this game for i thought i like anime is that bad i didn't go to prom maybe what's up with that inafune and so it was just like, Comcept, where are you going with this? And that that commercial also, the explosions famously looked like pizza. Even the Sonic the Hedgehog Twitter made fun of it. Um, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Yeah, so yeah, that's roasted so bad. Yeah, and I and I, I say that that's aggressive because that commercial felt aggressive, um, kind of almost on par with like the '90s commercials yelling in your face and stuff. Uh, in my opinion, anyway. Um, so, but we'll go around the table here. Uh, Graham, do you have one that uh, went from basically sixty to zero in your eyes, or I guess what would that Ooh. be in kilometers? Like one hundred and twenty to zero? I don't know yeah, how. It's like a thousand kilometers. Yeah, I'm also in the UK, sir. So we do miles per hour. Don't worry. That's one thing oh. we do the same in England. <laughs> yeah, that's weird to the me. 
the rest of Europe is kilometers an hour. And in theory, kilometers makes more sense because that's anyway, don't don't worry, it's fine. Miles per hour, <laughs> baby. Yeah. So yeah, 60 miles an hour to zero or whatever. Uh I have two, but I'm gonna say one. And I'm actually okay, I'm gonna go with it. No man's sky. Like mm. I when I saw this first being teased. And they they showed off the, the the tech demo essentially at it's like E3 or Tokyo Game Show, one of the big events. Right. I was like, oh my god, this game looks amazing. They just they had the bit where there's like a guy walking around like this planet, saw the cool creatures like dinosaur-y kind of weird alien creatures. Mm-hmm. Walks up to his ship, gets in the ship, takes off, starts to fly around, then shoots through the sky and so he's in space. Oh my god, he's in space. He's flying through space, and this other spaceship's there, and he's like. He's flying to another planet, just going straight down into another planet into the atmosphere. It's like this is insane. There was no loading times or anything. I was like, this is amazing. This is the best thing I've ever seen. Oh my god! And it's like coming exclusively to PlayStation Four. I was like, oh my god! I need to buy a PS Four for this. Nothing else is wanting me to make it buy a PS Four. I need to buy a PS Four. I need to buy a PS Four. Oh my god! And then it's like, oh, it's also coming out on PC. I was like, oh, maybe I'll wait because maybe I could get it on PC instead. Maybe my PC is powerful enough. But apparently, PC specs need to be powerful. And I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And then it launched, and everything's red. This is terrible. I was like reading all the reviews going, oh my God, this, I'm so glad I didn't spend like 400 quid on a PlayStation 4 for this. Like, it was wow. a bad game at launch. I, 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 I bought it at launch. I Ooh. played it at launch. It was not a Same. bad game. The problem was it was not the game that people felt that they um, expected, like that, the, that Sony and the, the um, you know, like all the promo videos made it seem like a much different game than what you got. And yeah. I think if they were just, uh, I think that was their ultimate vision for the game. I just don't think they had enough time to get there because now if you followed the development of this game, you know, post-release, it is every bit and much more of the kind of the, the game that they showed leading up to its release, if that makes sense. So, yeah, that's the thing. It is there now, but mm-hmm. at the time of launch, it was so not. Yeah. And like, because I, I was expecting all these cool things. They were talking about like, multiplayer being able to, to, to like meet people and stuff and you know do stuff together or whatever not necessarily full co-op or anything but they're also explaining like um the part of the game is almost like a survival thing like trying to get to the center of the universe and then when you get to the center of the universe more stuff happens but everything i read and like people got to the center of the universe like nothing really happened and there, there's problems with the online stuff people met on the same planet exact same planet because there's like trillions of planets you can actually go to they actually managed to meet on the same planet they were there but they couldn't see each other and they couldn't do anything like it was like oh, they were both there but they, there's, okay. like a, there's a video showing it like it just wasn't hmm. the, the whole online thing just wasn't working it just did not work um because at first like people may not see each other for like years because there's so many planets and you know you, you can name your own planets but these two people found the exact same planet they're walking around it was identical literally but they were yeah and they're doing it live they're like talking to each other and it's like dude i can't see you i can't see you oh this is good um but i i actually have the game now i actually got an xbox one in the end uh because mm. they released the xbox one um i guess almost definitive edition they added had all the add-ons and extras they sort of released since the playstation 4 and pc launch um to be honest i've played it for like half an hour i started it and i was like <laughs> i'm not enjoying this game that much <laughs> like, oh my god i don't know why i kind of thought i can't <laughs> I feel like it throws you into the deep end too much because, like, you start on the planet, you're basically dying. You need to repair your ship, get oxygen or whatever, build a little base, do all this stuff. But I had, like, almost no idea how to do it. It sort of tries to guide you through, but at the same time, I was almost like, like, the first time I played it, I died twice because I was like, I actually have yep. no idea where I'm meant to be going. 
Um, and I, some games, I think that's fine. But for this game, I felt like it might have been better if you started off, I don't know, being able to do some basic stuff, then you fly and then you crash or something, then you have to survive. But for this, I was like, oh my God. And I, I think I've got to a point where I could take off with my ship and I found I couldn't leave the, the planet's atmosphere, but I found it really hard to land the, the craft. Like it was almost unintuitive. So I don't know. I need to pick it up again and start playing it again. This is one of those games I really wanted to play and eventually I did get it. But yeah, that was just a massive letdown for me. Like this, the, the amount of hype that I had for it. Cause I don't know if you remember, Chris, I was like, oh my God, this game looks insane. Like, <laughs> yeah, I Everyone knows I'm not a massive PlayStation fan. I do have Playstations. I do enjoy games on them, but I, not, I don't get hyped up about them at all. Whereas this was one game I was like, oh yeah, I'd say, oh, well. Um, but yeah, cool. Yeah, so Chris, what about that's you? A, I mean, that's a tough question because I've been sitting here thinking about it. Um, I, I think we also just picked the pitch-perfect examples that the, mass, uh, the masses yeah. have have uh, have stories relating to these same games, so... I would say for me, um, it was probably the Nintendo 64. Um, Here we go. Buckle up, folks. It's time for Chris's weekly, the N64 sucks. Get in or get out. I was out before I was in. I'm going to have to troll you again this week in the video, Chris. I don't know if you saw the video that I put out. I trolled you last week. So you'll see. You'll see if you watch it. All right. (laughs) (laughs) No, like I just, I I remember I was excited uh, for the N64. Um, early on um, when I heard about it because I loved my Super Nintendo. I really, I was a fan of, of Nintendo back then. I wasn't, you know, like anti-Nintendo or anything. You know, I, I had all the consoles that I could possibly get when I was a kid. I wanted everything. And so I wasn't, you know, I didn't really pick sides or any of that silliness. But, hmm. um, and so I was excited when they started talking about the Nintendo 64 um, or what, what was the, the what ultra 64? Yeah. I, it was called it was ultra 64. I, I like and that so name I, better. But. I love that name. I was like, that's yeah. so cool. Um, but then once I started actually seeing like the controller um, and, and then the, the graphics and then that they were still going with cartridges um, because at that time, like I was completely buying also into the hype of like, you know, it's disc-based media, and it's you know, it's you can have all this like quality of like the the uh, the the voice dialogue is like crystal clear, and so I was like fully on board that like it should be you know all the next console should be disc-based, um, and so more and more I saw the Nintendo 64 as it you know continued to go through its uh, hype process and the development leading up to its launch, I was just not looking forward to it, and then. I uh one the week that it actually did release, my cousin and I we went to Blockbuster Video and rented a Nintendo, a Nintendo 64. I think um because at launch I think it only had like Mario 64 and Pilot Wing 64. If I if yeah, I, th- I think there was like as maybe maybe three games. I can't remember if there was another one in Japan. They had a few because I think they had like a baseball game and stuff like that. But yeah. In, I think I, had, I think it has America to. Yeah, it's it was like the worst launch lineup of all time. Like there was no other. Yeah, I would agree. That it's two oh. games. I don't know um, how accurate this is. Wikipedia grain of salt, but in the U.S. it launched with just Pilot Wings and Mario sixty four. Apparently, Cruising USA was pulled from the lineup less than a month before launch. I that wow. would have honestly sold more consoles because that's a that was a popular arcade racing game at the time. I feel would have loved that um yeah. had that been a launch game because uh, i love like like you're saying scott i absolutely love the cruising series 
But uh, and so we started playing Pilot Wings, and we played that for like five minutes. Like this game sucks. It's so stupid. Uh, and then so then I was actually looking forward. It's like okay, but we have Mario. Um, and I just did not connect with that game. I've tried over the years to go back to it, like for the DS or 3DS versions. And it just, I just don't enjoy that game at all. And I just, I'm not a fan of the graphics. I, I, I think maybe the only thing that could have potentially like swayed me early on is if they released one of the Zelda games at launch. I think that maybe could have got me interested enough in it and hooked on those games um but just the early you know like launch lineup i just completely deflated all interest i had in the nintendo 64 do you think you would have had a different opinion on mario if you had played that before pilot wings because pilot wings is notorious for not telling you giving you any instructions (laughs) yeah um i don't know i don't know like i don't think so because i've tried to play it like later and tried to figure out like what people like so much about it. Um, I just thought the graphics just always looked so bad in those games. Like they're just like the the textures are so muddy in in almost every Nintendo sixty four game. It's just I man, I was so disappointed but in that. System. The thing is that there are games that are released on like the PlayStation one and the N sixty four. And to me, the N sixty four graphics always look better. Like I don't, I almost don't understand how you can say that. I found the no colors way. a bit brighter. I, I'm not saying the colors, the textures weren't muddy to talk because they kind of were, but I feel like mm-hmm. that was the same for every console at that time. Um, and for, personally, for me, um, I, I guess I, maybe I didn't follow the hype in the same way that you did. Basically, I was following the, the, the launch of Mario 64. Like, I wasn't following the console itself so much because um, I know there were t- articles talking about CD versus uh, cartridge-based pros and cons right. and all this stuff. But I was mostly following Mario 64, and I was every time I saw screenshots of that, I was like, "This game looks amazing!" And I was like, "Oh my god, you can literally go anywhere in three, three hundred sixty degrees! Oh my god, you can fly with a cap and stuff!" And then when it came out, and I bought it and played it, I was like, "This is so cool!" My dad walked into the room and like, because so, I just got this new console, and was playing on it, and it's like literally the first bit, you know, when you land in front of the castle, and he's like, oh, "Like, what, what is it so good?" And I was like, "Oh, because you can go anywhere and do anything." <laughs> And he was like, oh, well, okay, jump in that water. And I was like running over the little drawbridge. Well, it's not a drawbridge, you know, the little bridge to get into the castle. He's like, well, if it's so good, you can jump in that water and swim. So that's what I did. I ran and jumped in the water and started swimming. He was like, oh, what's to happen? And I was just like, <laughs> yeah, you can go anywhere. I'm like, oh, my God. Uh, so he sort of walked out of the room after that because he was like, oh, should we prove him wrong? But, um, <laughs> get out of yeah, here, Yeah, I, I loved it. And I, yeah, goddammit. <laughs> but... For me, it lived for, th- for me that side of things lived up to the hype. I thought Mario 64 was amazing. Pilot Wings, I grew to love. I thought it was actually quite a boring game when I first played, but it became one of my chill out games after a while. I started playing it more and more. And yeah, and Star Wars Shadows of the Empire and stuff, and Turok, I just fell in love with those games. And for me, I don't know. I, that's totally for you, man. If you got if you were disappointed with the hype and everything, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, but I still disagree with you on this. I still fight, fight for the N64. Uh, I'm not saying it's the greatest console ever, and I still think the launch lineup was terrible. It's like two or three games. It's ridiculous. But, yeah. I don't think I had... I don't think we had it at launch, but we eventually got it. But I think what helped in that time was also our friends had it. And so we would have multiplayer games to play, and there was... Like, each of us were showing each other games. It, it was... It was it was the perfect console for my time because my brother and I were always over at our friend's house who uh, they were both like 
my friend between the two brothers was a year younger than me. His younger brother was the same age as my younger brother. So four of us with an N64 swapping games and playing games together, there was always something to be excited about amongst us. So I think that had a good bit to do with it. Um, Because, yeah, I remember really liking Shadows of the Empire and um, Turok as well and things like that. So different environments, I guess, too, though. Yeah, could be. That's interesting, though. I think... Um, mm Just just one just a one note I think about the Super Mario sixty four thing I think you can't let that it go. was I got just for me that is like that it's still one of my favorite three D platform games of all time and I feel like there was no other game like that at the time like I there was like you got things like eventually Spyro came out and Croc was there and stuff but I feel like they never lived up to the same size or scale as Mario sixty four did for me so I feel like to me that was the console that really launched my love for three D platforming and like really drew me into me like oh my god you can be these amazing 3d worlds whoa what the hell um so yeah i don't know there's something about that this blew my literally blew my mind blew my tiny little mind yeah <laughs> that makes sense um and then we've got another question this week by mithril fox is there a piece of sega media you've wanted to cover but there's such little information surrounding it that you've had to pass on it. So by cover, uh, I believe they mean through the magazine or on our website, something along those lines. Um, for myself, this actually goes back to before I was with Megavisions, but uh, the Sega Pluto was an unreleased console by Sega that was the Saturn, but it had the Netlink, which is their internet capabilities built into it. Um it just showed up and some, I think there were like two at the time or something. And one dude was looking to sell it or found it for five bucks at a, Robert uh, yeah. Okay. Um, I was trying to find, I couldn't even find the original article. We, I, that when I was with Sega addicts, we actually interviewed him and I am having trouble just finding that for some reason. Um, but oh, it's so such really, an amazing, yeah, I guess he did. I guess he yeah. was interviewing with everyone. Making then, the yeah, we thought we had exclusive there. Yeah, I think he. What did it say here? It went on sale somewhere up to almost fifteen thousand dollars or something like that. Uh, just what a weird thing! Another concept console that just never went anywhere, and there's really not that much information on it still. Uh, oh, here it is. Okay, I couldn't. I'm sorry didn't find i literally could have just scrolled down but for those that have no idea what it looks like or what it is it was think of it was almost the same size of the saturn but had a little more i'd almost equate it to like how the genesis model 2 looked with the sega cd attached to it um but so it was a little longer um but it that's all there was to know about it really it was a saturn with the netlink plugged in and had a power open reset button and controller ports for the saturn or uh yeah ports for the saturn um, that's, I just wish there was, it's another, what, it, what would have happened if this was released? Like that would have been the Dreamcast before the Dreamcast in some arguments because yeah. the Dreamcast was the first console to have a built-in modem thing. Yeah. Yeah. And on the back of the booter, they have, um, those sort of phone line cable and network port things. Um, where they're called, I think they're the, it looks like the phone line cable ones. Um, right. well, broadband didn't really exist. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's like an addition on the back. It doesn't look like it, just looking at the screenshots, it doesn't look like it had the, or maybe it does. Oh, no, okay, I was about to say it doesn't look like it's got the cartridge slot, you know, for the memory card and actually. Oh, no, it does, actually, yeah, maybe right it, behind the disc it, tray. This, this picture I'm looking at, it's really blurry. It doesn't look like it's there, but now I'm looking at it closer, kind of, yeah, it is there. Um, never mind, that's that one. <laughs> um, 
yeah chris what about you was there anything yeah. that's all yeah i think the one that uh comes to mind for me is uh there was this so sega had a in a first party game in development during the Genesis era called Jester. And it was supposed to be a, a platforming game, but it was going to be, I want to say it was going to be developed like in house at Sega of America. Uh, and it was supposed to be a new major mascot character for Sega um, okay. was what they were going for. Um, there's not a lot of information out there about it. Um, Unseen 64 has an article on it with just like a few gifs of, of like a piece of a stage and stuff. But um, I remember I was talking to Al Nilsson a while ago. This was, this was probably three or four years ago um, about maybe uh, getting some sort of uh cause he actually brought it up to me. He was like, Hey, I have the production binder for Jester. And yeah, and he's like, it has all this information about the game. Um, It has like way more information than what's on Unseen 64. And from what, I mean, there's, this might be the only one in existence for this game. And I was like, Al, like, I will go out there to you and um, go and scan this stuff in. Like, can, is there any way, you know, I could get a hold of this that way we can, you know, release this information and, and, you know, it'll be uh, forever saved on the internet. And uh, he was like, yeah, you know, he's talking about, he's like, yeah, it's, he's like, I think it's down in my basement or something. And he's like, next time I'm down there, I'll try to find it. And it's just one of those things that like every once in a while when I'm talking to him, I'm like, Hey, yeah, what about uh, Jester? And it's always like, yeah, you know, and so I've never been able to put, do this story. And, this is the one that I, I really, really want to get for Mega Visions one of these days. Of course, now that I'm putting it out there on the internet, someone else is probably going to go and scoop us on it. But no, this is um, it's it's I, I I want to put Jester in the in the magazine at some point. Um, but we just need we need more of it. Um, you know, we just we can't go just on that alone. So um, maybe if we can hunt down some of the original uh d- d- developers and programmers um if there uh were you know based in you know california at the time uh um, maybe if we could do that and we can go another route and try to get some more information that could that could be a potential avenue there hmm. yeah. yeah i didn't know about that, this that, game that would be amazing yeah it was going to be a, a a really um important game for and i i think and i'm you know, I'm trying to recall the conversation, but um, this was going to be like a kind of all under Sega of America's wing, and it was going to give them a, a little bit more autonomy from Sega of Japan because mm-hmm. it's going to be kind of like their character that they created. And I don't know why, but for whatever reason, at some point, maybe it was just too late in the Genesis life um, that they ended up pulling the plug from it and, you know. Yeah, there are literally three screenshots of like level assets and some doors opening animations. Nothing about the actual Jester character or anything. It looks like uh, visually, anyway. It looks like it also got um, added to some sort of promo material. Um, Yeah, it looks like a piece of like a scan from some maybe ad in a magazine about some upcoming games or something. But um, 
It says only a clay character can survive this torture. Saw him in half, shoot him out of a cannon, throw him in lava. Jester will survive. But um, so Al, if you're listening, buddy, <laughs> give me a call. Pick up that phone. Give us the scoop. Nice. And that's uh, we're gonna close up the bag or the sack. Um, toss that back in there. Zip it on back up. Sack of Wonders is away for another Aladdin to find on another day. Sack of Wonders! Okay, so that brings us on to our top news picks of the week. Yeah. So I think I'll go first this time, because uh, I think I normally let you guys go first. So And I got nothing. My one, uh, there you go. So <laughs> Scott, Scotty just doesn't care about the news this week, so we'll skip him for now. Yeah, we'll go with that. Um, That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> busy life, busy schedules, you know, yeah. kind of always... Uh, can't always be there for this stuff. Uh, can't always keep up to date. And oh, I almost missed this one as well. But uh, Sega's landmark arcade in Tokyo is permanently closing. So if you don't know about this, um, in Akihabara area of Tokyo, uh, Sega's actually got two big arcades stationed there. And one of them, which was opened in 2003, uh, is now sadly closing down permanently uh it's it's quite it's you've seen it in, you've probably seen it in a lot of pictures if you type in like Sega Akihabara or you think it's it's a big tall building and on the outside it's you can sort of almost see these staircases for like a glass window and they've kind of got orange colored saying sega down the side and stuff um so it's pretty famous but uh sadly it's closing down there we there's um, <laughs> um so it seems yeah essentially the increase in home consoles the whole covid19 pandemic um it's basically finally time to say goodbye to this arcade treasure and sadly, there was little fanfare about it. So it wasn't really a huge announcement, but there was a notice put up saying, notice of closure. Thank you for your continued patronage. We are sorry to announce that this branch, Sega Akihabara Building 2, will be closing. Our last day of operations will be Sunday, August 30th. The entire staff wishes to express from the bottom of our hearts our sincere gratitude at the loving support you have given our establishment for so many years. And... um this is a, a very bittersweet pill for me to swallow because I was almost in that building at one point in my life where, so back in 2007, I went to the Tokyo game show and I covered it for Sega nerds. And um, there's, um, there's two press days at the start of the week and then you have two public days. And I went to the two press days and then I had basically had like a couple of days free. So I could either go back to the, the, the public days of the show or go and do my own thing. And the last night of the press days, I went to three different press party things, and I got incredibly drunk. And <laughs> I, the last thing I remember is being at the Xbox One, which was actually in a really cool part of. There's like another hotel with a swimming pool, and um, we didn't go swimming, but there's like a whole... finds himself at the Microsoft party. Yep. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I just remember there was a couple of Japanese comedians or presenters and people were laughing and I had no idea what they were saying because they were talking in Japanese, but I was laughing along <laughs> hysterically. And, um, and it was a great night. And then the next day, one of the sort of other journalists I sort of met, sort of got to know while I was out there, he was like, hey, why don't you come with me to to into Akihabara? We can go and check out some of the shops to see some of the sites. And I was like, yeah, let's do this. And we sort of organized it the night before. And then the next morning I woke up just like, I do not feel good. This is not a good day. But I really wanted to go into Akihabara. So I got up, I sort of showered, I got dressed. And it was, you know, Japan gets really warm and it's like quite oh. a hot time of the year. Um, I mean, it's not, it wasn't the height of their summer, but it's still pretty warm. 
and yeah, I was just in Akihabara. We went into a few game shops and stuff. It was there's there's a story I can tell you for another day about going into one of the game shops. It was really, I was just like, what the fuck? Um, uh, we got some food, got some lunch, and then we went. So we went down one end of Akihabara where the shops and stuff are, and then we walked up the other end where like the Sega arcades are and stuff. And we walked into building one. We we just went in the ground floor in that one. And we sort of in there, and it was pretty cool. We looked around, played a couple of games, and we're like. Let's go outside. Let's go and check out what we want to do next. And we're literally standing in the street opposite um, Akihabara, Akihabara Building 2, seeing the cool stairs. I think I took a couple of photographs. And we were outside it. And then we decided, ah, let's let's go and see something else. And I was like, yeah, okay, that's cool. We started walking down the street. And then I just something just hit me. I was just like, oh, I do not feel good. I and mean, I sort of had a bottle of water. And I was like, I'm sorry, dude. I've got a bail. I've got to go back to the hotel. I feel terrible because our hotel was a good half hour train drive away. It's like on the outskirts and near where the Tokyo game show was. So it's not in the center of Tokyo. And I was like, that's okay. I'll go and do my own thing. I'll go and do some sightseeing. And he went off and saw some cool temples and stuff. I think he went to the, the Akihabara building too. He did his own thing for the day. He showed me some pictures later, but I just felt terrible. And in my head, I was like, oh, I could go tomorrow or I could come back another time. I can come back to Japan anytime, you know. The next day, I actually went to the public event. So I thought I'd check out what the public event is in case I missed anything. The public days at Tokyo Game Show were insane. Oh, my God. Like, at the press events, on the press days, I would queue maybe half an hour maximum to play a game. On the public day, every game was at least three hours long, the queues. And I went there. I saw queued up with one little bit and did not enjoy that at all. And I like, left and I was like kind of exhausted. And I thought going to Akihabara again, but in the end I didn't. And then I think the next day was my final day and I left. So I didn't get to go to it then. And in my head, I was like, yeah, I can come back to Japan anytime. It's now been 13 years. I haven't been to Japan since. Jeez. So <laughs> screw you, past Graham. You an idiot. You yeah. ruined it for future Graham. <laughs> so yeah, I hate past Graham. He's an idiot. <laughs> So yeah, <laughs> so that's my news, and that's my personal uh, painful bit of news for that. My uh, to equal your pain, but probably not entirely at all. Uh, my brother uh, is currently overseas, and he was in Okinawa, and he took a picture of—I don't know if it was this one, but one of the Sega arcades from out of the entrance. And I was just like, oh, "Go in there, get me anything—a token, something, anything." I—he didn't get me anything, so. <laughs> He's bad at getting uh, gifts. That's... I'll say it on the internet. I'll say it to his oh. face. He's not the best gift getter. That's painful. So I've, oh. I've, I haven't. I've been close, uh, hereditarily, or what, whatever. Yeah, I've had a yeah, relative over there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'm sure oh, Chris has been wow. there five times or something by now. Nope. Yeah. Never actually been outside of an airport in Japan. Mm, okay yeah yeah so i've wow. stopped in a few times but unfortunately just i've always i always want to go but um uh one last thing to say about this uh is that it's interesting because sega just recently announced uh that weird cloud-based arcade yeah uh mm-hmm. thing that they were doing fog and gaming so, everybody right fog i wonder game. how this like kind of factors in that and how because Essentially, Sega probably was paying a high amount for this location, being in Akihabara. Uh, it's what is it? It's, it's is it fairly close to downtown uh, Tokyo, Graham? 
Uh, from memory, yes, but I'm not an expert on this. Uh, so <laughs> I would imagine, okay, so I would imagine then that uh, they're probably paying quite a bit of money for this. And, you know, and the fact that COVID hit isn't helping matters. And so I think what they're probably going to do is they don't need, you know, it's like use this location as some sort of like arcade farm to power this fog gaming. Essentially, they could just have a warehouse like somewhere where they have all this stuff set up and and that's kind of probably what they're going to do with it. And so even so they're still kind of uh, supporting the arcade industry with this new technology. They're not really supporting like the physical arcade as much. Yeah. It seems like maybe that's less of a, a somewhat less of a, um, I don't know. Um, what I think would be really neat though, is like, what if Sega, okay, took the idea from, uh, um, the arcade, uh, what's, what's the do like the, the really cheap, like arcade, uh, units that you can buy at like Walmart. Oh, oh one up arcades. Mm. One up. Yeah. Yeah. One up arcade. Like imagine if they, if they came out with like a, a something like the one up arcade, uh, and you actually build it, put it together. And it runs like whatever is the latest of Sega's uh, uh, like arcade engine and everything. And you basically stream the games from that uh, to to your arcade in your house because it has like Wi-Fi in it. And you can actually play the latest Sega arcade games on an arcade in your house. That would be amazing. Yeah, because I guess you wouldn't need to have the actual hardware technology right, in there actually wouldn't, streaming so. it from the cloud. Yeah. Yeah. That oh, was streaming. my question about that whole idea initially is like, what are we playing these games on that you want us to stream mm. from your arcade? We can't assume everyone has a giant plastic seat and a 40 inch screen <laughs> monitor in front right. of us, you know? Yeah. I think if that would be, man, that could be a really cool thing. They're never going to do it. <laughs> They'll never do it. But I think that could be, <clears throat> Uh, a mu- I think that would be a much more uh, like positive experience to play these games mm. and a much more immersive experience to play these arcade games on an actual arcade versus that like on your Xbox or I don't know how they plan on delivering it, whether it's like, I don't know, Google Stadia. I don't know. <laughs> I, you know what? Yeah. As as out of the realm of reality, we say it is. If and I I don't want to say that this is going to happen, but if a year from now nothing's changed regarding regarding COVID, I could see them putting some sort of idea like that into motion. Like if they see yeah. like, yeah. oh, we're not leaving our houses ever again. Guess what, everybody? You get an arcade delivered to you by Amazon Japan. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That, I, I'd be up for that, to be honest, because, you know, there aren't really many arcades around near where I live anymore. The closest one's at my bowling alley, but it's terrible now. It used to be really good. Um, I guess because fewer people go and pay on arcades and they got all the games got really expensive. Like, you know, sometimes it's two pounds a go, which to me is ridiculous because I remember it used to be like 10p or 20p a go back in the You mean you don't want to walk up to day. that doodle jump machine and plop two bucks into it to play something free on the phone in your pocket? <laughs> that's exactly what i'm saying yeah i know some arcade games are really cool and like really impressive technology 
But I remember back in the day, I could go back, I could go and spend like ten pounds on playing arcade games for like a couple of hours, and I'd be happy. I'd have played quite a decent amount, or even twenty quid, I'd been happy. You know, walk away, be like, oh, I had a good time. But now it's like I pay like a couple of quid for like one quick session. I'm like, this isn't not worth my time or my money right now. So yeah. yeah. And anyway, there's not really many arcades around me anyway. So having something like this in my house, I would actually love that idea. That's a great idea, Chris. Tell, speak to, go speak to Al and he can speak to someone at Sega. And yeah, yeah so you give me a call. Yeah. Ball rolling. Yeah, just, yeah. And what, what, what on the phone, where's my jester stuff? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. oh, bad. Yeah. So, Chris, yeah. what about you? Any uh, news that's tickled your taste buds this week? <laughs> oh, man, my taste buds were quite tickled by this piece of news, Graham. Uh, I think we were just talking either a, a couple of podcasts ago about Alan Wake and how mm-hmm. we wanted it to come back. <clears throat> so I was browsing around. I found this piece of news. Uh, Remedy, the original developers of Alan Wake, uh, they have a new game out called Control. Uh, I never played this game before i got um, and i yeah i i just started reading more about it i'm like okay i'm i I already ordered it from from gamestop (laughs) and so it should come next week but anyway so they have a new expansion coming out uh for the game it's called awe like all in all capitals and apparently this is like the first piece that's going to connect um control and alan wake in a shared universe that they're calling the Remedy Connected Universe. So all of their games from now on are going to be part of a shared universe that, um, like, so you'll start seeing more stuff from Alan Wake make its way into the game and other games um, by Remedy. And I think this is a really, really cool thing that they're doing here. Okay, so I, to be honest, I am I'm a really big fan of Alan Wake, but I don't really follow Remedy that much. What is Control and what's it about? Like, I never even heard of this game. God until you damn mentioned it, it Graham! Literally before the show. I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> We're pulling Graham out from under his rock again this week, everybody. Um, no, I I'll say a quick thing about Control. I know that I need to play it. Um, I had zero interest in it at first because Remedy did um, oh Quantum. Break? Was that what it was called? Yeah. That game yep. got panned so hard, and that was the first ah. thing they had done. Here we go. Graham loves it, of course. Um, then... Okay, I, I don't understand why that game was panned. It's a very solid game. There's I, nothing wrong with it. I agree with you, Graham. I, I haven't I played it. Game. I can't say anything. It was an it's, Xbox One exclusive. I haven't touched I, I it. Feel, but... I feel like if that was released on a PlayStation 4, people would have been going nuts over it. But it was on Xbox, and for some reason, everyone was like, this game's not that good. I was like... It's actually really entertaining. What is wrong with people? What is what? Is, never mind. So okay, move on. What control are you control say? is a different game, but um, from what I was hearing about it, it's it gets batshit insane in a lot of parts, and there are definite hints, and everybody was like, "Oh, this is definitely in the same universe as Alan Wake." But there was, no, I don't, I I might be speaking on my butt, but there were not, there was not anything confirming that in game. So I guess that's what they're doing with this, which is pretty cool. So I we all need to play control. What the game is about, you I don't like, what, think I want to tell you. you <laughs> I think do? I want you to just dive in and try it. Yeah, don't, okay. don't, don't, don't look it up, Graham. Just yep. go and stop it. Stop it. I'm slapping your hand off your mouse I, right now. I, will close, I am closing my tab. I just opened up to actually look at the game. So yeah, just close that tab. Yeah. So uh, it's I will probably real cheap. Go and buy it. So 
I, I would like to say one thing. Uh, so Sam Lake, who's Remedy's creative director, he did have uh, one quote uh, that he put out in this. He said, uh, what took place in 2010 in Alan Wake is one of the cases that the Federal Bureau of Control Ooh. has been investigating. The Awe expansion okay. is the first official Remedy-connected universe crossover event bringing more Alan Wake lore into control. So Okay. Um, and I guess uh, they were, they did have an early development of Alan Wake two in uh, in the works a couple of years ago, yeah. but uh, I think that they ended up just canceling it. Um, it said they one of their director of communications said that the game just didn't pan out uh, for kind of their future plans. But I like this idea that you know even if we never got another full Alan Wake game. I like the fact that now Remedy can continue to tell Alan Wake's story throughout their future games. And so we'll still get some bits of Alan Wake in there. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I think I think that's good. Because, yeah, I was really sad that Alan Wake 2 wasn't coming out because I loved Alan Wake. I loved Alan Wake's new nightmare, the... Um, the uh, American Xbox Nightmare. Live Arcade only American, American Nightmare. Nightmare. And now I think of a Lone in a Dark New Nightmare, which is a completely different game. Oh, Sorry. Very uh, different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very different. Um yeah, so yeah, that's that's pretty cool. I like that idea. I'm gonna I'm going to buy this game. I'm actually Googling to buy it right now, but I'll buy it at the end of the show. <laughs> I've convinced in this one section, I've convinced Graham to buy two things. Uh, this I've got got to get control, and then also whatever unnamed Sega Fog streaming arcade will be coming out in the future. So yeah, that's a Pretty success good. for me. Pretty cool. <laughs> I uh, we we tried playing Alan Wake last Halloween, and just reminded of how rough those controls are. But I would, oh, that's why I I recall I haven't played Control yet because since we had just like Alan Wake, we had started playing that. And I heard so many people comparing Control to Alan Wake. I'm like, I got to finish Alan Wake before I jump into Control now because I feel like I'm doing it a disservice somehow. But, and also we had watched Twin Peaks recently when starting that game. So, it's definitely fun if you go if you go from the Twin Peaks like kind of vibe and jump into that. I think it's it's it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it, it was very much a. Um, I've said before that uh, Rachel is not a gamer, but she is always interested in games. But Alan Wake was one of those things where, like, it, it wasn't a time where I was like, hand me the controller. Why are you not getting through this part? It was anytime it was those fight scenes and evasive scenes. She was like, I want she's like, I want to see where this game's going, but I cannot do this. You need to get me through this part. I'm like, that's fine. These controls are not great for this game. So I understand. Okay. So we got to power through it. Fair enough. Cool. There you go. There we have it. So I guess that will do it for the news this week, ever since Scotty doesn't have any. So that's cool. Oh, awesome. We will take another quick break. <laughs> like how he keeps kind of throwing it out there. Yeah. Scotty didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Apologies, Scotty. Apologies. Um, anyway, it's all that, right. I'm worthless. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> that'll do it for the news this week. And we will be right back after these messages. What's up, guys? We are on Twitch three days a week, sometimes more, sometimes less. What is the internet? But if you go to twitch.tv backslash megavisions, 
Monday, Mon- mm-hmm. Monday, Wednesdays, Thursdays, uh, you will see us playing everything from Fantasy Star Online 2 to Anarchy Reigns on our Thursday night throwdowns, which we do also invite the community into. Uh, and we have coming up on there to be hosted on Twitch is the 24-hour Dreamless Dreamcast Marathon on September 12th. Mark your calendars, but otherwise, t- check us out any day throughout the week. Keep an eye on twitch.tv backslash megavisions. Okay, welcome back, and we're now moving on to our regular segment, The Picks of the Week, where we talk about any TV shows, films, or games that we've been playing or watching, and we think you, the audience, the listeners, the viewers, might also enjoy as well. So, let's kick it off with Chris, my buddy. What is your pick of the week? Uh, My pick is Tells from the Loop. Have you guys heard about this? Yes, I... It's a no, series on Amazon. I know about the art that it's based on that I need to look at, and I do want to see this show, but go ahead. <laughs> I've been sleeping on this for a long time because yeah. it's one of those that every time you turn on your Fire Stick or Fire TV, it's there's like an ad for it in that little small rectangle thing. Hmm. And it looks kind of neat. I've even watched the trailer um, once or something, and uh, I was like, oh, that looks kind of neat. But I've, I, for some reason, I've really been in you know what it is i know it the whole um ufo disclosure that the new york times is doing which Mm. is some really amazing stuff like that's got me really back into the whole like sci-fi stuff uh this past month along (laughs) hey he's he's doing the he's doing words yeah will right there like no it's (laughs) he's batshit crazy but i love i love tom delong um so anyway, I've, I've been looking for some new sci-fi stuff. I've even gone back and started watching some Star Trek. Um, but a couple of nights ago, I was we were sitting down, and I was like, hey, let's check this out. And so we started watching it, and it's actually a really fun show. I, I'm really okay. digging it. So the idea is um, this old man has built this machine underneath this like small town in like Ohio or something. And it's basically... You don't really know what it is, like the loop, but they've got some sort of giant black sphere that powers the whole thing. And it's some okay. sort of, it looks like it's like it's an alien object or something. And so they just do all these experiments and they try to solve what can't be done, essentially, just like unlocking mysteries, all this crazy stuff. But the, the, the movies or the show's not really about that so much. It's more about the people in the town who, who um, are all interconnected in ways that they may not realize, but they are. And each episode kind of focuses on one character um, of this either family or like this in that, that work in this uh, research facility underground. And it's weird because the whole town pretty much works there. Like it shows them all walking to work and they're all going down these stairs and everything. Um, but it's not it's not like a dystopian feel to it. It's more of like, uh, did you ever watch that show Eureka on the Sci Fi Channel back back in the day? I know it wasn't even it, that long it. ago. Yeah, I love is Eureka. A, is that a town called Eureka? Is that what yes? It was like Eureka, oh, I, Colorado, or something. And the idea I, was yeah. that like all these there's like a town full of like inventors and all this stuff. So they just had all these wacky things, and it's kind of it, in a way it kind of feels like that. Um, because there's all this like technology 
and other like uh, technical relics that you see strewn about uh, the scenes in this show. And it's just shot like very atmospheric. Um, it takes its time in shots and stuff. It's not an action show. It's 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 really kind of hard to to pin down. But um, I I really really love like just the the sense of wonder that you kind of get when when watching this show and uh it's it moves very slow i will say that like it's not the first okay. the first episode is probably the best and it has probably the most action in it but outside of that a lot of them are, are more slow um but they're really cool like there's this one episode about this this guy who um he's kind of down on his luck a bit his his son has recently like gone into a coma and um there's he's he's kind of picked picked on at work he kind of works like not, not in a very like prestigious job he goes out and like he's kind of like a mechanic and his wife him and his wife aren't getting along very well and like it's getting close to where she, i think she's gonna leave him and they started getting these um uh, break-ins like on their property and she's like you know, like yelling at him and saying that, you know, he can't protect them and all this stuff. So he starts kind of going a little crazy and ends up taking an advance out at work. So he can go buy this, <clears throat> this machine that kind of looks like an, um, uh, like an, um, an ad at from star Wars, but okay. <laughs> you put on this like, um, uh, backpack and this glove and it's got this one giant arm claw in front of it. And it will mimic like anything that you do. And so this okay. one guy who he bought it from was using it like in a scrap yard. So he'd go and like pick stuff up and move it and stuff. But he bought it from that guy as like a personal defense system. And so he'd be like walking outside and his like little giant robots following him. And cause he's like going to punch like anyone that comes in. <laughs> and it's like really weird stuff like that. It gets, it's, it's so trippy, but dude, it's, it's a lot of fun. And it's like a cool show. Where like if you just want to chill out and just kind of watch something that is just like real kind of smooth and and chill, that is a it's a great show to watch. This is okay, very yeah. much on my radar. Um, it the show is based off of uh, Simon Stallenhog. He's a Swedish artist. It's based off his artwork. Mm -hmm. I, I I plopped you guys a link in our chat. Um, oh, cool. because his artwork is amazing. It's very, it's sci-fi and it's, if you took the movie, the fog and then put giant, um, robotic type structures in there. So one of them that I'm looking at is literally what you described, uh, Chris with that orange and white ad at, but a kid's yeah. got the backpack <clears throat> on and his claw and you can see him kind of trying to manipulate it in a field. Another one that I'm looking at, it, these are all paintings, um, is, uh, very much like, um, what's it called? Uh, like a clover leaf of intersections uh, for the interstates, mm -hmm. emerging lanes and stuff. And there's like this. It looks like a giant. What would have been a sonic? It has a sonic face and then a white glove, but it looks like it's like <laughs> laying over top and just died on this freeway. So the pictures and there's another one of this big two-legged beast that has like 30 tethers going to the ground off in the distance on the side of the road and you see a bunch of people looking at it and stuff from their car and everything. So all his paintings are very much these still moments of the sci-fi world in the future where you just you see this moment and you're like what was this world like before everything suddenly stopped and this is what I'm looking at right now. It's very cool artwork I like and that. I do really want to see the show because it's weird, but a show is based off of paintings. 
Yeah, um, I didn't know that. And now looking through this, it's there's yeah, it's absolutely 100%. Like there's just a lot of the the vibe and and you'll you'll see that a lot just and it's, it's stuff that's not even really consequential, or at least you don't think it is at the time. It's just like you'll be passing by and you'll see like an old robot just sitting in a field and, and there's and it's just like a passing shot, you know, it's like, and so you and, and that's what's kind of neat. And I think what's kind of neat, uh, cool kind of world building and lore that they're doing is just like yeah. there's all this just stuff scattered around and um there's this one girl that gets this um it looks like almost like a uh not like an urn i guess but it's like so, uh, um something you would put in like coffee or something you know those old like coffee mate looking things you carry with you to work back in like the 80s thermos like a like a metal thermos and stuff it kind of looks like that it's weird um a space age thing a thermos (laughs) (laughs) and so she finds out that like if you she puts this like new like some sort of crystal or something in there and um she detaches these rings off of it that it actually stops time and so her and this um guy that she kind of has a crush on just stop time and spend like months together and they're like going into all the businesses and like taking stuff and they're going into people's homes and just like living in their home and stuff because it's like these people are gone and they can just kind of do whatever um it's really just it's it's really kind of neat um i i really dig in what they're doing so um are are all the is it like quite an episodic show that each episode is very different or is it like a one long storyline that flows that you kind of have to follow each episode. Yeah, you definitely need to follow each episode because there okay. is stuff that's like, because like I said, they're interconnected. Like, and, and mm. so it's more about like the people and their relationships on how they're kind of interconnected and the things that, you know, someone does and how it kind of affects someone else, like indirectly even. Okay. Uh, and it's just, it's, it's really cool. Um, I, I definitely suggest checking it out. Cool. Um, now that you started talking about it, I, I watch a lot of stuff on Amazon and the adverts have come up while I've started watching an episode, but I'm very much a skip advert kind of person. So I know we're now, I kind of vaguely know what you're talking about now, because when you first said it, I said, I have no idea about what the show is, but <laughs> yes, I've seen trailers for it. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I'll check it out. It's, it seems quite interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I, I, I love like the world that this whole thing is, because another neat thing is it's like, it's, you don't really know when it's set either because the town, it almost feels like it's from like an alternate, like maybe 1950s, 60s, where like okay. the sci-fi stuff is, is like the way the small town is laid out and everything and how it has kind of a main street. But you'll see newer vehicles and stuff that aren't from that era. And so it's kind of weird. Um, and I'm trying to watch it and, and figure out if I can pin down like what like decade or, or time frame it's set in. Okay. That's cool. I like that. So let me know if you guys check it out. We'll do. We'll do. Stay stay tuned, folks. On that that note, anybody listening or watching, if you check out our recommendations, let us know. We're curious to hear what people think of the stuff we're recommending. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, if you hate it, if you think we're all idiots, please do tell us. Um, Mm -hmm. But if you're loving it, even better. Great to hear. So, Scotty, uh, 
what's what is your pick of the week yeah um i kind of stumbled upon this because during my quick lunch breaks i wanted to get into a show rather than spending half of it looking for a video or something to watch on youtube and then finally watching a portion of that video um so on netflix there is the transformers war for cybertron trilogy siege is the full name of what i'm watching um it's uh it's animated it's cg it's declared as anime on netflix uh i'm so i'm not sure how anything gets but there are no humans in it i want to first clarify that this is the transformers baby this is not michael bay's transformers but really shia labeouf and mark Wahlberg. um but uh no transformer it's 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 definitely for g1 generation one fans um and fans of even i'd say the war for cybertron fall of cybertron games on ps3 and 360 um i think they dig it it is dark i won't say much aside from that because if i go into much detail there could be spoilers however uh like an idea of for fans how it is cool and does a different take on stuff bumblebee is not even an autobot uh he's kind of his he's kind of the lone dude running missions and his own errands to make money and make ends meet um not really a bounty hunter but definitely his own guy that happens in the first episode so that's not spoilers but it was cool that one of the more well-known autobots is not even a good guy necessarily or a bad guy he's just his own dude um but i've watched a couple episodes hey i don't know that he's that i don't know um (laughs) and also i'm tired of everything getting compared to star wars but that's me uh bumblebee is cool (laughs) sorry graham um but uh none of the none of the original voices are in it um i can't remember the name of who did optimus prime now but it doesn't take away from it yeah that's it tom DeLong's not in it unfortunately uh but maybe to entice some fans, if you're on the fence, you don't want your OG Transformers ruined or whatever, there are some bots in there that you kind of forget about. Uh, like, RC was one of the few female Transformers. She's in this. Um, there is a another Autobot that looks exactly like Cup, but she's not named Cup, but she looks like... I don't know. I don't know if that's something else that I'm forgetting. There's Transformers lore, I will admit, I am not as well-versed on compared to other things from the 80s. Like, I never got into the comics. Didn't go too much further myself besides the movie and the animated original cartoon. Um, But a lot of times you'll be watching this show and you'll forget and you'll be like, I know that one. That's definitely... And then they'll say Ironhide. Like, oh, yeah, that's Ironhide. That's his name. All right, right on. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, It's very good. It's it's dark, but it's cool. And it, it doesn't lay it all out for you it's definitely it's for an older crowd of kids but also i think is appealing to the adult fans like myself of transformers because it doesn't say like this is optimus he is the leader i'm glad you're leading us optimus because you are the leader like it's not like a kid's (laughs) show like that like you know who optimus prime is um and and what i thought was really interesting i did try to get into the transformer novels and one of them i read uh introduced or it showed how megatron and optimus were introduced to each other which they were actually friends before the war started they were kind of comrades and both had the same ideas for freedom and fighting against kind of the corporate empire that would have been in transformers and stuff but they had very different views on how to fight that fight and so 
it led to what Transformers is now or what what they're fighting for now and everything. So this kind of touches on that, though, how Optimus and Megatron were actually buddies before battles began and things like that. So just like, yeah, yeah. And I think like Magneto. Huzzah. Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> because even then, I think they even show because um, I've been watching it a bit too, Scotty. I oh, think cool. I'm on episode three right now. All right. Um, and I like that it, in a way, like Megatron's not a villain in this yet. Like in, in I right. think he thinks right. he's doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, if anything, I think he's in, maybe an anti-hero right now where he's willing to, to do kind of go, um, you know, past the line to, to, to do what needs to be done. And so he's trying to end the war. Him and Optimus are both trying to end the war. Optimus wants to end it, you know, like they, they don't really spell out, but they're just, they always, you know, Optimus will say like, you know, like Meg- Megatron's way is going to enslave Transformers and stuff. Right. And but they don't really go in depth on like how it's just made it. It's just painting Megatron to be much more authoritarian, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and Optimus like the opposite of that. Um, mm. And it's uh, it's it is really cool. I, I'm really digging it. What's crazy is like, I'm having a hard time getting my kids to watch it with me. Like they just don't seem interested. And in I thought they would be. Because they Odin loves Transformers. You know what he wants to fucking do? Watch the Michael Bay Transformers wow. movies instead. Hey. And so I came in the other day, and he's watching. That's he turned this movie off, and then I come back in the room. And he's watching that new Bumblebee movie, ah. which isn't actually that bad. They got. I, I, I like the. I like the designs, the character designs, and that much more than some of the other stuff that they've done. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I'm really enjoying. Uh, war for cybertron i think it's really cool yeah i really dig it i um part of me is like this is filling that void that uh if anyone um we never really talk about transformers oddly amongst any of us on the megavision staff i think a couple of us are fans of it though but we've never talked about the war for cybertron games um the second one was such a cliffhanger and then the next game that no there was like either no publicity around it or something but the next game came out and just did not live up to anything those first two games did so i like to think that this series is kind of filling that void for me as well um but uh it it it's really cool it's when you turn on an episode the beginning of it it gives a little rating like the nc not nc whatever it is um but one of the descriptions is fear and then the next word that describes the rating (laughs) It cracks me up every time. I don't understand it. I've never seen it for any other show, but I also haven't been tuned into Netflix much lately outside of this. So um, I dig it, though. I definitely I recommend it for I don't think it's going to bring any new people into Transformers. I think it's for already established fans. So, yeah, um, maybe that's the problem your, your kids are having there, Chris, that maybe even though they they like the Transformers Michael Bay stuff, maybe because it's not like maybe this is more for the old old school people. But. I think the reason is that they grew up with the Michael Bay stuff. That's like the first Transformers stuff they saw. Yeah. And so that's what they connect it with. And yeah. when it's not when it's not that and they say the they say these like G1 where it's like more kind of I guess simple designs or like um I don't want to say yeah, simple you're telling but, me. um no Michael they're just, Bay it was they're, too they're, busy. They're, I hearken, yeah, they harken back just to like a just a, a straightforward design, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um and they see that and they just they don't connect with it at all and it's makes me mad damn it like i just i don't I, know um, it's crazy. i've watched I have this a very strange 
Oh, I was kind of, I'll, I'll, I'll tailor onto that real quick and then throw it to you, Graham. Um, the, uh, I have been meaning to introduce Rachel to Transformers, but I don't, this show is not the way to do it. And I want to do it before the In Search of Tomorrow documentary comes out because mm-hmm. In Search of Tomorrow, um, as opposed to In Search of Darkness, where it's all horror movies, but real life or live action or whatever. And Search Tomorrow actually has two animated films that they talk about in it, Akira and then also the first Transformers movie. Um, that's how I was introduced to Transformers, so that's kind of what I want to show Rachel because I, I feel like the Transformers movie is still at the pinnacle of that series. <laughs> um, it's just really oh, yeah. good. and so I, and, But I, I'll be watching this, and I'll forget that she hasn't seen anything Transformers, and she'll walk in, and she'll be like, oh, this looks kind of cool. I'm like, oh... Yes, it does. Wait, is someone... I don't know. I worry about plot holes and crap that won't make sense because I just <laughs> want to show her that movie with nothing else in her head about Transformers, I guess. So, That's cool. I don't know. But that that kind of leads into, yeah, if they were introduced to Transformers through the Michael Bay-produced uh, explosion, party time, whatever, that might be why <laughs> they don't care about this right, as much. Yep. What were you, what's your question, Graham? You said you had a question? Yeah, so it's a really weird thing, but um, in in this new cartoon, <laughs> this sounds so bizarre. But when the robots are doing stuff, or if there's like a little, are there any little like small robots in it at all that maybe don't talk uh, like at all? Not really yet that I've seen. Well, you what have you sound. Mean? You should okay. have sound waves, uh, like little guys. But I think they can talk too. Oh yeah, he has a little... pterodactyl that doesn't talk. Yeah, his cronies the... like Razor Beak and I forget the other okay. names. Okay, uh, there was. One thing in one of the Transformers movies, I can't remember which one, the Michael Bay Transformers movies, I can't remember which movie it was or anything, there's a bit near the start. Go ahead. Okay, there's like this weird little robot thing that did something near the start, which sort of set all the events of the movie up or whatever. And as it was moving around, it was kind of making these weird insecty noises, like like kind of like, I don't know, clicky noises and like weird insecty noises, like it was like squeaking. I was like, why would you have a robot that does that? Like in my head, I was just like, this is just, I don't know why that whole thing just ruined it for me. I was like, why oh. would you create a robot that does that? Like, why are you uh-huh. making the stupid little noises? It's unnecessary. It's meant to be kind of trying to be stealthy, but it's making all these little noises and stuff. And I was like, that's so ridiculous because the other robots will talk, but they don't like make stupid noises as they're moving around. They're like, right. I don't know. It's, there was something about it that really wound me up. And I like, thought you were going to talk about I'm, that one guy that was like a little thug. The one tiny one, like, uh, he was like, he would always like talk like he's like a gangster or something. He's like, ah, I have no idea what you're talking about now. I can't remember which film that was. Is that in the Michael Bay movie? Yeah, yeah, it was. I think there was one Michael Bay movie of those Transformers that actually, as I went to see in the cinema with some friends, they kind of dragged me along. I was actually like, I'm enjoying this movie. It's not great, but I'm enjoying it. But all the others I saw, I was just like, this isn't for me. And I I liked the old Transformers back in the day. I'm not going to say I'm a massive fan. I had some of the toys. I watched the movie. I remember seeing the show. I remember seeing some of the spin-off shows. I remember there was some bait in the like late Beast Wars. Late that was it. Yeah, Beast Wars. Yeah, I remember seeing that <laughs> right after um, reboot. Oh yeah, reboots and <laughs> Beast Wars. Um, but yeah, and just then that Michael Bay movie. I just remember getting really annoyed about like why why would that be a thing? Um, Rest assured, I think is that some- there is no transformer like that in this. I thought to be oh, on God. brand, you were going to be like. Is the Xbox 360 Transformer in this? <laughs> you guys don't remember when an Xbox turned into a trans a Decepticon or whatever? 
Oh, did it? Vaguely. No, I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah it was like it was like some oh, one God. of the worst parts of the movie. Like basically, we have this laser gun that turns things into Decepticons. So they were shooting like a soda machine. Oh, so it was just all right. Now we're gamers because we uh, a Mountain Dew machine and an Xbox turned into Decepticons. <laughs> Count me in, you idiot. Uh, um, I bet they were just imagining like all these like nerdy gamers just like squealing in the audience. Like they're gonna go fucking ape shit. These nerdy gamers, they love this stuff. Yeah. They're probably like, how do we turn a pizza into it next or something? Yeah. Yeah, what are these kids like these days, Sam? Xboxes, do it. Make it happen. Exactly. That's my impression of an American TV producer. Sorry. Right away, Mr. Kent, right away. <laughs> <laughs> That's my oh, recommendation, wow. though. Watch more Transformers, I guess. So my recommendation this week is, I see I'm really behind in TV shows and everything. I catch up with stuff on Netflix and I'm like, oh, this seems like a show that was released 10 years ago. Maybe it's okay. And I watch it and I'm like, yes, this is great. So I did that with Merlin. Oh, quick update on Merlin. I finished it. I I was I really enjoyed the last episode up until the final two minutes where they kind of ruined it. Um Uh-oh. otherwise it was really enjoyable. Like it's literally like they thought, what how can we really tie this off? What can we do to wrap it up? I know. And they insert I don't want to say it because it might spoil it for people, but they insert it. Was it was all a dream. Like, not quite wait, that bad, but wait, are you talking about Game of Thrones? Yes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Game of Thrones. It sounds was also like you're describing Game of Thrones. <laughs> so, yeah. I, again, I enjoyed the last episode of Merlin more than I did the last episode of Game of Thrones for various reasons. But, yeah, they just, there's, there's one little thing. Cause I just thought the whole ep- last episode of Game of Thrones is just kind of, meh, throw away this. You've just ruined everyone, every character in the whole franchise you just ruined. Um, for Merlin, they kept, they was really good, really good ending, quite emotional at points. But, um, yeah, then they just wrapped oh. it up with one little thing that just ruined it. Okay, sorry. I just, I scrolled down to see your recommendation, and now I understand where you're coming from. So, let's move on to my recommendation. <laughs> so, I started watching Once Upon a Time on Netflix. So, it's not, it's not a Netflix show, but it's on Netflix at the moment. Have you guys heard of this show at all? I assume you have. I watched the first two seasons of it, and then I, I fell off hard. Okay. I think the okay, same thing with us. Like, we watched yeah. the, the first season or two and just kind of quit. Just didn't keep okay. But I like so, what I saw. Like, it was fine. Yeah, it's not a bad yeah, show. So, for anyone who doesn't know about it or needs a refresher, it was released back in 2011. And it went until 2018, so it's like seven seasons of it. It stars Jennifer Goodwin and Jennifer Morrison. Uh, Jennifer Morrison is probably better known by some people for playing one of the main leads in House, uh, the female Doctor in House, mm-hmm. uh, for the first few seasons, and then she did leave, uh, probably around the time that this sort of kicks off. Actually, uh, there's actually loads of famous people in it. Like, there's loads of characters, like, of people who pop up. I'm like, oh my god, that person's so in something. That person's in something. That person's in something. I'm like, oh my god, like they're not all necessarily really well known. Because probably Robert Carlyle is probably the probably the most famous, I'd say, because he's actually been in movies and all sorts of things. Uh, he's a British actor who's been in quite a lot of stuff over here. Um, he was in The Full Monty. That's probably one of the biggest international releases that, that people know about. He's in lots of stuff. Um, there's also a guy called Alan Dale, who for British people, he played a character called Jim Robinson in the Australian TV soap Neighbours, which is massive in the UK. But for everyone else, he's been in almost every major American TV show. He's been like in 24, Ugly Betty. He's even in Flight of the Concords and stuff. He pops up in everything. Um uh, I think he was in Lost as well. He was in so many different things. Anyway, sorry. Um, <laughs> the the whole premise of the show is it's uh, 
it's about how the sort of fantasy fairy tale stories that you hear about are all true and they're all part of this like other magical realm essentially where all the fairy tale characters their lives they all sort of live together their lives might be interlinked in different ways and stuff um and effectively the uh, wicked queen like who's a, a, a witch basically she puts a curse on the entire realm um which draws them all to i'm going to say real life which is basically our our world and they're all trapped in this town called storybrook but all their memories have been erased of who they were so um you've got people like uh, snow white uh, prince charming uh, jiminy cricket uh, pinocchio uh, yeah pinocchio uh, geppetto pinocchio's father of sorts um so like characters like that from sort of fairy tales and they're all in the real world but just before they were brought to the real world they put this child in this like this wardrobe thing which protected her from the magic and she was also taken to our world but not not put in this this town but she 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 basically is the one person who can break this curse effectively and it's all about how she's actually brought into this town at some a certain in a certain way and she's kind of introduced the lives of these people and when she arrives things things strange things start happening and stuff in storybrook and certain events happen that people start to remember certain things about their past and uh yeah i but basically i think it's a really entertaining show i started watching it last week um i think on monday last week and I'm already on to season two now. I've been watching like a good two or three episodes a day, basically. I've really, really, really got into it. I think it's really entertaining. It's kind of partly about like the, it, it's, it sort of jumps between the different realms. So it sort of show you the past of some of the characters each week and show you how they sort of came to be. Um, it sort of shows you the, the, the past of the, the wicked, the wicked queen, witch person, how she sort of became evil and stuff and like why she wants to put this curse on the whole realm. So at the start of the show, you're very much like, Oh my God, she's a, a bitch, an evil, bad guy. And then, then you sort of start to soften to her. Cause like you sort of see where she came from. And there's a couple of characters in it who are kind of goody baddies who like, they sometimes do evil stuff, but sometimes they do things to help the good guys out. I just think it's a really entertaining show. And I think it's a really good take on a lot of the fairy tale stories. Like when they introduce the different fairy tale characters, it's, these are not all quite as they are in the storybooks, as it were. So I'm really enjoying it. And now in season two, I still think it's going really well. Maybe at the end of season two, I'll drop off like you guys did. I don't know. But I'm really enjoying it. But it also brings me on to some tragic news that I read. I basically just Googled something about it yesterday. And on a load of sites, it came up saying that it's now being removed from Netflix on September the 6th, I think. So I've got like a month to try and watch this, basically. Buy <laughs> your seasons. shows that you like on Blu-ray. Yeah. Or DVD, as we discussed or last week. Or HD DVD. VHS, baby. Mm-hmm. Let's go for VHS. So that's what I might have to do. I might have to actually buy this because I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I, I, I will guarantee I'll get through the next season, maybe in the, next, the, the third season within that time because I'm, I'm smashing through at the moment. So... We'll see if I say is entertaining enough for me. Um, but yeah, you guys said you've seen it. Uh, do you guys have any thoughts on it? Or did did it get really bad for you? Or what do you think? You can go first, Chris, if you want. Um, Now that you're talking about it, I'm wondering if this is the actual show that I watched. Because <laughs> uh, I know there was another fairy tale show that we were watching for a little while, but it didn't sound like what you're explaining. So Yours wasn't I... grim, was it? No. Or... Okay. No, I, I don't. I can't remember what it was, but it's, oh, okay. it was not this story, right? 
Did it star a lady yeah, that looked like she belonged in every Hallmark movie? The one that you were watching, Probably. Chris? Because that's what. This... I yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't remember. Um, I uh, the reason I fell off of this, and I I apologize for looking like I was looking at my phone most of what you were saying, Graham, because I was because I was trying to find another series that this reminded me of for the same reason that I dropped off of it, because uh, I could not. It had such a generic okay. name, I couldn't remember it. The other show is called Invasion. Wow, how did I not find that show? Um, and this, <laughs> uh, once upon a time, I fell off of it because so often, almost every episode and then the end of the seasons, everything would almost happen and almost get to this big climax, but it kept not getting there, and I couldn't take that lack of satisfaction following the suspense. Okay. And the same thing happened with Invasion, Invasion was a, a, a an alien related, uh, of course, sit not sitcom. Jesus, um, a TV series. <laughs> Those wacky aliens are at it again. Um, but uh, they, uh, honey, where's my probe? That was that famous line. Sorry. Um, no, Invasion was this show about. I think that it was it was taking place in like Georgia or or Tennessee or, or somewhere where there was a lot of marshes. Um, and the aliens were actually water-based aliens, so you never saw them, ever. You always saw this light under the water, and it was bubbling up, and then something would happen, and it would possess someone, and someone would act differently because it was like body snatcher kind of stuff. But you never saw the aliens, and it would always get almost just close enough. And I was like, I can't watch this show. There's so much lack of satisfaction in this. Like, Even if they show like a hand, a, a fin, a tentacle, something, give me something. But it was never anything other than we can't afford the prosthetics, so – I'm an alien now, guys. Look at me being a bad dude instead of a nice person. And um, that's what happens when you take on like a too big a project and you just don't have yeah. the budget. Right, you know? exactly. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and 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 I think the reason I couldn't get into that was also because the the TV series V or the movies V, if you guys mm -hmm. have ever seen any of those, they lead up to things and lead up to the alien race, but then you see what's going on with the aliens. You're like, holy shit, this is great, and I want to keep watching. I actually started watching the original uh, yeah, yeah. a couple months ago, and right. the original still holds up because I'd never they, watched it before. surprisingly well, yeah. Oh, my God. It was really, really good, and yeah. it, was, it was like a mini series because there's only like five episodes or something. Right. Um, yeah, so it's not I, long, uh, but they're each like an hour and a half long or something crazy. Yeah, I actually watched the original um, leading up to the new series coming out because the new series the new series starred I can't remember the actress's name who was um, oh we're in a back room more, yeah she was in Firefly yeah um, Firefly and, and also and uh, Deadpool's Robert girlfriend in the new Deadpool movies yes um, so I watched the original leading up to that. Both pretty decent. I fell off the original, though, just because I couldn't keep up with the TV schedule, and this was before streaming services really were as prominent. Um, but all of that leads me up to Once Upon a Time. I just lost interest because there were so many episodes. Like, Rumpelstiltskin is the coolest character in that show by far. Um, oh, but yeah. it, there were so many times where it was so close to... It was like... If you could compare it to any series that I was super into, I'd throw it back to X-Files because X-Files always had yeah. these secrets and conspiracies and would lead up to stuff. And then it might end the episode revealing something, but it, would re re it wouldn't it would reveal everything. It would reveal just enough 
so that you're like, oh, there is an overarching plot, and like, oh, this is connected to this. I need to keep watching this show. Where I felt like Once Upon a Time did the opposite. It's still a good show, okay. but it, it it just I just I felt like it blue balled me too much that I couldn't keep up with it. You okay. just like you basically just like hit on like the formula for a successful like TV show. <laughs> basically, like you just you you have to keep giving the audience like something. You got to you know, give like, pieces. Yeah. You can't give yeah, nothing. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, if, if you're constantly just like, you know, like making them wait, making them wait, making them wait, they're eventually just going to lose interest and just quit it altogether. Right. So it's interesting you say that because I, I I haven't got as far as you obviously, but for the first season, I think they did do that. I think like they did give me results and things. Even in the last episode, they 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 wrapped up so like lots of different pieces of the puzzle, but there was more to do, which moved on to the second season. Right. So for me, I feel like they did do it. Well, but I, I guess maybe maybe season two onwards they start to get a bit vaguer. I don't know yet. I mean, I'm, I'm like three episodes into season two, so you could also say what you just described is every first season of any TV show, show that's not sure if it's going to get greenlit for season two. You know, they got to give you something because you might maybe. not see it ever because again. Because most most seasons, <laughs> yeah, most seasons their arc basically begins and ends in that first season, and then mm. if they get if they get um, you know greenlit for another one, then they'll start adding some new threads and stuff. But right. what you see is probably what they've just written out because they don't know if they're going to get renewed for a second yeah. season, so they're not going to do work, you know, production work on a second season yet. And so it makes sense that season one of most shows have a have a, like a pretty good defined begin and end to their like you know plot. Yeah, I. I... I feel like for this one, they may maybe did know they were getting a season two because it wrapped up a lot of stuff. It didn't wrap up everything. So they there was a mm. couple of bit, and they introduced something right at the end of the first season, which was like, oh my God, something massive is going to happen to move on to season two. So I feel like maybe for this one, they did know they were getting a second season, but I'm not sure. I, I as, as I say, I've only seen the first season all the way through so far. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I just really like the take on everything. I love the way they're, they're telling the stories and going back to seeing like even in like the whole of the first season you don't see everything about the evil queen and stuff they're really introducing more stuff which i'm really enjoying um and rumpelstiltskin as well i, I think yeah. yeah he's a great character um he's one of those badass sort of characters but he's also quite vulnerable you see why and i don't know there's just stuff about him and like the, it, the like, main characters like snow white and prince charming are kind of are the weaker characters but they're still quite interesting so they, they you realize how two-dimensional kind of those characters are or that character that they're playing is you know yeah yeah but um there's yeah, there's there's lots of things i'm really enjoying about it and, yeah yeah i, I think know. um uh, i think it's uh it's it's a good show in the right that it doesn't spoon feed you which again is why i like the transformers show i hate when shows go out of their way to explain things like do people really need the grim fairy tale backstory no so you see what you see in the show and and sometimes yeah. the main character is like oh yeah that's just like that story that i read and that's why that but that's it like you don't you don't have a whole scene on it there's mm. one sentence or something yeah yeah and any any differences they have to the stories they sort of are showing you in like the in the time in the in the main story arcs they are showing you like stuff that's maybe not what you're used to. There's lots of stories they've gone through which are really good. Like they're playing right. they're playing on the Disney's old fairy tales, but it's not the same. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um there was actually oh, and see, I'll, I'll mention this in season two they they <laughs> in, it's not a huge this this show's so old now, it doesn't matter. There's in season two they introduced Captain Hook and there's a really good thing I liked about that in that the whole premise of Captain Hook that. is he loses his hand to a 
he loses his hand to a crocodile in the original Peter Pan storyline. Right. And he, after that crocodile, in this, it's Rumpelstiltskin who takes his hand. And there's a, but before that, before that actually happens, like in a, like a few scenes, or even I think maybe in the episode before, he just makes one small reference to Rumpelstiltskin. Rumpelstiltskin he said, mentions Rumpelstiltskin being a sewer rat. And then he actually sees his face and Rumpelstiltskin's um, face is a bit green and different type of skin to everyone else because he's this weird magical character. Right. Um, and he goes, oh, not so much a rat, more of a crocodile. And it's like a throwaway comment. And yeah. then like the next episode, he actually cuts off his hand and stuff. And I was like, oh my God, that's actually like quite a nice little... It's, okay. it's still part of the same story, but it's different, if that makes right. sense. So he has lost his hand to a crocodile. But yeah. Um, anyway, sorry. It's just things like that I really enjoy about it. That's so okay. I think when you know... Sometimes when you know the lore or like the stories of these shows, it makes the, the original fairy tales, it makes it just as more interesting because you're like, oh, wow, that's a good play on that. Um, anyway, that's my that's my recommendation. It's on Netflix for the time being. It looks like it's being removed on September ninth. So if anyone watching or listening is vaguely interested in what I've just said, uh, or put off, or hopefully not put off by what Scotty and <laughs> Chris have just said, go and watch it. Check it out. Yes, still give it a shot. It's still a good show. Did it end finally? Yeah, it ended in twenty eighteen. They apparently they oh. did finish it. Someone oh. told me though that the second to last season finishes it more than the last season. They're like. Go to the go to second to last season, then stop because the last season's not very good. Oh, I've heard that about and shows the, all the time. Uh, yeah, and apparently, yeah, the last episode in the second to last season was a really good ending. They're like, yeah, just stop there. It's a good ending. You'll be satisfied. I'm like, well, okay, I'll give it a try. I, I could, I um, could, li- I could, li- I could start a top ten list of don't watch the last season of this show. To be honest with you, so that's not totally surprising. We won't get into yeah. that <laughs> right now, though. Okay, well, that's a, that's another feature for another week. Excellent. That's right. Uh, <laughs> speaking of invasion i think chris is getting abated so maybe we need to take a break right now yeah sounds good so yeah that'll do it for our picks of the week and we'll be right back welcome back and now we're moving on to our feature discussion of the week and as always we're mixing things up and doing something slightly different and this week it is don't sleep on Dot, dot, dot. Uh, so with this feature, what we're going to do is we're each going to take it in turns to talk about a game that was uh, either a commercial or critical failure that uh, we feel maybe not actually be that bad. So we're saying don't sleep on it because actually it's not too bad. So just to be clear, it's not we're not necessarily saying these games are the greatest games of all time or that they're even the best example of their genres. But we're saying they have some saving qualities to them. There are some entertaining parts to them that we think are actually really good. And I think people really shouldn't miss out on it. Shouldn't dismiss it completely out of hand. They are actually pretty entertaining games. Um, so yeah, let's let's crack on with it. Uh, Scotty, what game should people not sleep on for you? So you might have seen me, if you're watching the video, uh, have a, oh my god, I forgot to do this. Because I meant to grab it before we started so that I had a visual aid. My choice is Night Trap. This is not going to. This is either going to surprise no one or everyone. Um, <laughs> so this is the limited run. This is the Vita edition, actually. Um, oh. There's. Uh, I'm gonna make Graham jealous because uh, there's the game. But they mm. did this guy. They put it in a Sega Saturn, oh, nice. Sega CD case. Um, but anyway, cool. Night Trap. Um, for those that don't know, is that FMV game that uh, brought Sega and Nintendo 
to court, to Congress, against the Congress. Um, that in Mortal Kombat 2, because there was blood. Night Trap had apparently risque scenes involving taking advantage of a girl. Nope. They pretty much lied about what is actually in this game in court, uh, and none of them had ever played it. The the people arguing that it was a bad game for kids and whatever, video games. Um, so I, I feel like people have slept on this. Um, you either know it or you don't. And even after getting it described to you, you still might have no idea what it is. But Night Trap is a game that is now part of history, and it's one of the more unique experiences I've ever had with a video game. Um, as Graham mentioned, I'm not saying this is a good game, but it's one of my favorites for being so ambitious. Um, and for those who have absolutely no idea, it's an FMV game, uh, so that should kind of set your expectations a, a certain amount there. Um but you have control of security cameras. You are part of the team called SCAT. Uh, I forget what that stands for. Um, special Control Attack Team. Uh, but anyway, oh, yeah. you have control of security cameras and booby traps throughout this house to prevent vampires from killing teenagers. Um, the game itself, if done correctly, you could finish it in 30 minutes or around half an hour. Uh, but you're not going to the first time you play this because uh, you have to switch between the different cameras, hit the right button, assuming that you have the correct color chosen for the traps to work correctly. It's hard to explain without a visual aid, um, but there are actually two hours of footage throughout this game, uh, and you can watch all of them in the limited run releases through that uh, Screaming Villains re-release this game on Vita... Uh, PS4, and eventually Switch, which I do on the Switch copy. I mentioned before uh, I bought the Switch copy, even though I already owned it on PS4 and Vita, but I felt like owning the Switch copy was a part of history because in court, Nintendo said Night Trap will never be on a Nintendo system. Um, so I had to get it on Switch because it's a big middle finger to the man. Um, this game was praised for its B-movie quality, uh, but it didn't really sell gangbusters. I don't think anyone actually knew about it until the court hearings and stuff. Uh, and by anyone, I mean, like, unless you knew what it was going to be before it came out or anything like that. Um, but it was done by this by Digital Pictures, I believe, who did uh, Corpse Killer and um, Double Switch. Is Double Switch is really the only other game that is like this at all in any sense of the genre, which I don't even know what the genre is outside of FMV. Um, but it, it, it amazed me the first time I played it. And unfortunately it's up there in price. If you want to get the original version of it at all on like 32 X CD or, or uh, I can't remember if this got a Saturn release or not, maybe not in America. Um, it's actually thanks to Chris that I even played this game because he got me a PS4 copy from limited run. Um, and I just fell in love with it. I could not, I, I wish it was one of the first things I streamed for mega visions and I don't have that stream. I wish I did. Cause it was my like genuine first time reactions to it. Um, but I'm on a, I'm in a mystery science theater 3000. Like I like bad movies and this is a game for people like that. Um, but it was such a different, ambitious thing that they tried to do on very limited hardware in the early 90s. Like, this guy was filming a movie that he wanted you to have control of and somehow play it over and over again. Um, 
so I think it's very a very cool thing, and there's not been anything out there to really capture. And if you, I learned a lot of stuff in the behind the scenes of Night Trap, how they couldn't really show the vampires like sucking blood out of anyone or fangs or anything like that. So they basically made them like crippled monsters in trash bags that had these guns that they would shoot into their necks to maybe get the blood or plasma or something. And they weren't even called vampires; they were called augers. And it's just this weird. Like get around the fact that they're kind of like putties from Power Rangers. Yeah, that's a very oh, wow. good comparison. <laughs> um, I just think that it's a game that more people need to play. And I, anyone growing up with games now, like if your first console was the Xbox One, you might not care about this game. But like FMV is a lost art. <laughs> I would almost argue <laughs> FMV games. Um, so my choice that I don't, I think pe- more people need to play Night Trap is what it comes down to. Did I do that right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, that, was, that was good. Yeah, I okay. think that's yeah exactly p- perfect. I, I've to be honest, I've never played this game. I know of it. I've known of it for years and years and years, and I kind of know about it. And when it was re-released, I know we we reviewed it um, either for the magazine or the website. I can't remember now, but um, it sounds really interesting. It sounds great, but for some reason, I still don't want to buy it. I don't know why. I'm like, that sounds really interesting. It sounds like a really great concept, but I feel like it's not going to be a game I'll enjoy. The so easiest... for people like me, what would you um... say to that? Uh, it's on, I know it's on the eShop on Switch, because it's been on sale for, like, three bucks before and stuff. Um, it is, I don't think it's on Xbox, so that's what I'm trying to find right now. I think... I was just on the Wikipedia page, and it's got an entry listed there, but then I went down to re-release, and it sort of says it was released on Switch and PS4, with an Xbox One release planned for the future. But it was okay. released like three years ago on those consoles, so I'm not sure if it. Hello, yeah. Is there... Oh wait, there's uh, a review for it. Wait, I'm just on. I've just done it. Oh weird. Uh, no, okay, this doesn't happen. Never mind. I have to go. I have to go and check out my Xbox or something because yeah, unfortunately, sometimes the best way to find it out is literally load up the marketplace on the console that you're wondering about. Um, yeah. I would say that uh, probably the easiest way to get it is Switch. Um, for you particularly, Graham, because I know it's on PS4 digitally and Vita still. Um, but yeah, just grab it on, try it out on Switch. It's probably super cheap. Let me, yeah. I will, I will double check for the listeners and curious people. Night Trap. Oh, the, dude. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is the American store, but is it? It is normally fifteen bucks. It's on sale for three dollars right now. I will buy it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> three dollars for. I honestly, for people that have never tried it and you get fed up and you're just like, what am I even supposed to do? No shame in using a strategy guide for this. Hop on GameFAQs or whatever, because that's what I did. And I actually ended up enjoying it more because I did not understand how to actually play the game with the different timestamps and stuff. Maybe don't play it through with the guide, but look at the guide and be like, oh, this is how I need to hit this booby trap at like 0126 or whatever to keep going. And you kind of learn how the game operates. Okay. I've just picked up my Switch, and I just realized there's no battery in it, but I'm charging it now, and I will hopefully get that also by the end of the show. So I've also bought the other game that Chris mentioned earlier, um, <laughs> Control. So that's on my winging its way to me, hopefully, in the next couple of days. Uh, yeah, you guys... You guys what else can we get me Graham by <laughs> when the podcast is out? I don't know. Oh, dear. Well, Maybe I can convince you to, um, to buy this next game, Graham. Well, go for it. Tell me, sir. So my game uh, that I don't think you should sleep on is Advent Rising. 
this was originally released on the Xbox. Uh, it was also Windows and on live. Came out on live. Ooh. Um, it was released back in May uh, of 2005. Developed by Glyphix Games. This was the only game that they would have ever developed. Uh, and before that, they did a lot of like uh, video work, CGI stuff in games. Um, some some pretty high profile uh, games. I think maybe like Hitman stuff like that. Uh, it was published by Majesco, and I love a lot of the games that Majesco published on the Xbox. Uh, just a, a bunch of weird games. They did Spy versus Spy, um, Raises Hell, which is a really cool oh, game. Oh yeah. Um, and they have a couple other. Uh, and I think Spy versus Spy is the only Majesco published Xbox game that I still need to add my collection. I believe I own all of the other, um, all of the other ones. Uh, Phantom dust. That was another one Uh, that they they did. Oh, I love Phantom (laughs) dust. So uh, this game, it was, it was written. The story was written by Orson Scott card who did Ender's game. Uh, And so he's uh, very, you know, he's been around the sci-fi community, you know, writing novels and stuff for a very long time. Uh, the the gist of the story is sp- starships and stuff throughout the galaxy. There is um uh... oh there he, there he is. <laughs> I literally just turned my um, fan off. But basically, the... sorry, <laughs> it, which it went blue and then came back on. Yeah, so, all I, I did Maybe was turn weird, like surge or something. Yeah, I literally had my. No, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> and so there's the there's these alien this alien race that um communicates to humanity and says that they need to like have this big meeting um with some humans um and so you are control this character named gideon and he's like a he's a young officer in like the humanity's like naval space you know uh he's like a space pilot essentially and his older brother is this famous pilot i guess he took he took part in some war so everyone knows who he is he's like a celebrity he dates all these like supermodels and stuff um and you're going to basically be on the envoy mission with this ambassador to go meet these aliens this is like the first alien contact uh humanity has ever had and it's like really really big deal and uh so you go in and meet them and the the Aurelians, they're these really cool looking. They almost, in a way, they're elongated and like very uh, thin. Like um, you remember in uh, I think it was Clone Wars, those like weird aliens that, that oh, yeah. actually raise all the clones. They kind of they're like aliens. that in a way. Um, and they basically tell you that there's this other race called the Seekers who are coming to basically destroy humanity, and they've been after right. humanity for a very long time because humans used to be like gods like we had all these powers and stuff and the aurelians worship humans but they're coming and and the the seekers like basically a long time ago uh attacked the humans and drove them near extinction but we somehow survived and grew again into you know like our civilization grew back but we've lost all the powers that we used to have so the aurelians try to help um stop the seekers but the seekers come with all these warships and attack and the opening like part of this game is just so massive and it's such on a huge scale it's so so cool uh and you basically are having to try to get off this ship and get to an escape pod to get to this nearby planet 
And right before you get on, you have to make a choice between either saving your brother or saving your girlfriend, who's like your fiance. She's a doctor. When I played through this the first time, I saved my girlfriend. But then in anticipation of the episode, I went back. I was playing it yesterday, and I saved my brother this time. And I'm finding out, like, the story is a bit different. Um, the game definitely takes, like, heavy uh, inspiration from Halo, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, there is okay. even... There's even like a, a, a warthog style vehicle they call the scythe in there. It controls basically the exact same thing. Um, and it just, I think what they tried to take on was so epic and so huge of a, a universe in a game. Um, the gameplay doesn't meet up with like the scale of the story and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the gameplay is just, it's just not that competent of a shooter um, it's just not as polished that you see when uh, you play like Halo, you know, in Halo 2. Like those games just for its time, it was it, it changed games like for so many different reasons. Um, but I will say it does have an amazing orchestral soundtrack that does have that like still Halo type, you know, ambiance and stuff. I think there's some really cool stuff it does. It has like uh, semi-destructive, uh, destructible environments. So like if you're shooting at like a barrier and someone's behind it, it'll like chip away. And then you oh, can like cool. actually shoot like an enemy through it. Um, it has dual wielding and you can switch between first and third person whenever you want. Oh, um, that's cool. And I, I wrote, I do, I wrote down a whole pages of notes as, as <laughs> I'm playing this game. Uh, because I, I love I love this game when I first played it um, because it's, it changes midway through because it's not just a space like a space opera video game like you you know you could say Halo I'd be is. fine like, with that honestly right but it it changes from that to um, you start like unlocking some of your powers and you start learning more about humanity before like the first okay. like collapse. Um, and once you start unlocking a lot of powers, you get to be so powerful. It's awesome. Like you're shooting like lasers and stuff out of your hands. You're basically like a Jedi and it's so <laughs> much fun. It, it gets silly. Like it, towards the end of the game, um, you could just do so much crazy stuff in it. It's really, wow. really cool. Um, I, I, they, this was supposed to be like Majesco's Ooh. rival to Halo. It was supposed yeah. to be a really big game. They put a bunch of money into it. You can tell. Um, just, it's got a, for its time, it has a lot of polish and you can tell it was a lot of work. It doesn't hold up today, but I remember when I first played it, um, I really was into the, the whole story. It took me so much. It's supposed to be a trilogy. Um, but the game sold so poorly that they canceled the whole thing Mm. altogether. And Mm. there was a, uh, this like really funny, um, there was like a contest that uh, you could go on uh, like for the launch of the game that Majesco was putting on. Basically what you you had to do is become the first player to find this like he- sit, hidden set of symbols like throughout the game. Uh, and somehow I guess you're supposed to take pictures of it or something. But like later on that year, it was released, uh, I think March or May. It was in August. They canceled the contest uh, because they said there's no technical feasible solution that would allow the contest to continue in a fair and secure manner. But a lot of people believe that it was because they didn't want to put any more money into the marketing of the game because they were going to give oh. away a million dollars. 
And so this was like Majesco's way of canceling the contest and just cutting all strings to this game. Wow. Um, they did wow. have um, a set of like comics that also told a bit of the story, which I'm now going to have to go and get because uh, <laughs> I think I think this story has a lot of like just really cool potential to be like fleshed out. Like basically humans were gods with these like all sorts of powers. Uh, I think that's a really cool idea. And um, it was just kind of a bummer that this game didn't pan out a little bit better. It actually got a 4.5 out of five from game pro. Um, But the reviews, if you go back and look, it was scattered all over the place. Like EGM gave it a five out of 10. Oh, and I think, I think now it has like a close to like a 70 like Metacritic score or something like that. So it's it's an average game at its very best. Yeah. Uh, but I think it does enough like really interesting things well enough that it deserves to go back and play it. Don't go into this game thinking it's going to rival Halo because you'll be disappointed. But just give it a chance and just take it like for what it does. And I think there's some fun to be had there. And certainly I think the story, if you're a sci-fi fan, I think there's some really cool stuff that it does. So I say check it out. Awesome. So uh, a couple of things on this. I did used to own this game on on live, Chris, because you told me about it and asked me to play it. So I remember starting to play this game. And I will say the opening bit of the game was pretty damn impressive from what I remember. It's I a got long opening the game. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a very um, it takes it's like a good almost like 45 minute opening level or maybe maybe even a little bit longer it it takes a long time but it like it is so cool like it's a full-scale invasion onto this like starship and aliens are everywhere and there's humans trying to get away um like to get these escape pods and outside of the the windows you can see like uh like ships coming in and like docking onto this starship and just like blasting their way in it's it's insane and i think very few games t- tried to take on something as like a big a scale as this. Halo obviously knocked it out of the park. Uh, Bungie, what Bungie did, it was amazing. It was a game changer. But there's not many other games in this time that uh, were doing this on home consoles, uh, mm, like games yeah. like this. And I think, uh, I think for what they did accomplish, I think it was pretty noteworthy because I Halo Two had. Uh, but I I, yeah. I think this is pretty awesome. And Tommy Tallarico helped on the soundtrack too. So that explains yeah. um, why it's noticeable or whatever. And the other the other bit of information I just need to tell you, Chris. Uh, within the last few minutes, I have just bought it again on Steam. <laughs> Good for you. Also, <laughs> I will tell you, seven pounds on Steam. So I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'll get that. <laughs> I will tell you that there is this uh, a fan patch. For the game, I'll, I'll send you the link later because I installed it on my computer. That fixes a lot of like glitchiness in cutscenes, uh, fixes Ooh. subtitles and the dialogue. I guess like uh, the the mouth syncing was off uh, in some of the cutscenes, and fans like went back and fixed it all. So you can wow. download that, and uh, they added some cutscenes from the PC version that weren't in the retail release, but were on the Xbox version. I don't know. So it's uh, anyway, okay. it's 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 a completely free i'll send you the link and then that way you can install it later awesome. and uh and check it out and you can also up the um the resolution on it too so i'm playing it oh, in brilliant. like um 
uh, I think uh, 1080p and the nice. the uh, textures and stuff look really good. So Excellent. I think, I think like... that that's like that shows the quality of the game. Oh, sorry, I feel like there might have been a delay there. Uh, I was going to say that I feel like that sometimes shows the quality of the game, even if the game wasn't critically or commercially a success, when fans are still enhancing it or doing stuff to it. Um, yeah. Not always necessarily to, like sometimes to improve it or whatever, just they, they've got that care and love. There's that love behind it. That sometimes tells you, actually, this could be a game that's worth playing. So I'm excited to play it again. Because as I say, I did the opening bits of the game, which was really cool. But I think not long after on live shut down and stuff, so I never actually got to finish the game. So it's funny because you'll, you'll um, yeah, yeah, you should go in and play it because the second level is like a straight up Halo Warthog mission, uh, <laughs> and it's it's hilarious. The uh, yeah, it's it, you'll be right at home, dude. You'll be right at home, and uh, I don't know, man. I just give it a shot again. I think you'll have, there's some fun to be had there. I'd let me know what you think too, because I think it's a good game. It's really, uh, I I was taking notes while you were talking about it because, first of all, why try to rival Halo? This was an Xbox exclusive. Why would you try to rival the flagship series on the console you're exclusive to? That's like someone coming out and saying, like, all right, we got the platformer, guys. We're going to take down Mario, and we're only releasing on Switch. Like, what are you trying to do? Also, (laughs) it's not that hard to rival Halo's plot because Halo's plot is literally... These guys are worshiping these big rings of death that are going to destroy the universe. That's it. Like, that's, there's not much to, that's bare bones the elevator pitch. (laughs) Like, you are the (laughs) Marine fighting against them, stopping that. So, like, you don't have to do too much of a story to rival that, I feel like. But, um, and also, yeah, the the full soundtrack is actually listed on the wiki page. And I only mention that because very rarely do you see the track listing of any soundtrack on a game's description page, at least from what I've noticed. And I don't know how, but I keep coming across this, the uh, the artist Charlotte Martin. I remember I saw her in like a coffee house in college and her name will just randomly appear in games and stuff. I, I She might be oh, a bigger wow, name than I should know. Wow. It's just weird that it, I don't know. It's in my head now. I keep seeing her name. Um but also, you mentioned how it was going to be a trilogy, and they kind of just pulled the reins on it. It got released in 2005 on the original Xbox. The 360 came out in 06, so no wonder they just didn't try to do anything else for it uh, in in terms of when consoles were releasing and stuff like that. Right. Um, and I kept thinking, and I, I had to look it up the release year, but I always get this game confused with Geist on the GameCube for some reason. They, oh, okay. I flip flop the names or something because they came out in the same year, and their their title or their their one of them you're a ghost, this one you're not. But the 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 cover of Advent Rising really makes it look like he's some spiritual being. So I think that okay. might be why I get them confused sometimes. Um, you basically become that, like at the end of the game. Oh. It's pretty, it's crazy. Wow. Like, hmm. yeah, you become okay. super powerful. We we should yeah. do top ten games where you initiate God mode as the end of the game. This one, <laughs> this one being in there, throw Resistance mm. Two in there. Like other games, definitely do that for you. Yeah, um, that's cool. It sounds really cool. It sounds like something I would want to check out, but I feel like. I would have to set aside a day to even try to start this game <laughs> by the sounds of it. Yeah. yeah it's know. And it, it can be frustrating too, because there's just like the camera system is not that good. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it does this weird auto targeting thing 
and I've tried to turn it off in the settings and it just, for some reason it's not turning off, hmm. but it automatically targets like whatever enemy is closest to you. So say you're running down a hallway to go towards this enemy and go shoot it. It's auto locked and it's targeting you're running down the hallway, but another enemy comes out from a door behind you. It will automatically go back oh, onto no the, the one behind you. And it just yeah. completely like screws up your perception of like, you know, like kind of where you're at. Right. And it's just, yeah, I, I don't like that uh, at all, but uh, there's a, there's a lot. I, I wrote down a whole, like this whole side is stuff <laughs> that pisses me off about the game. And those are just like stuff that I do like that. I thought it did well. Oh, wow. um, so maybe so- I should un, un- cancel my purchase. <laughs> like- no, no, no. It's like I said, like just nope, don't go in thinking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Keep it, keep it on live. Um, just don't go into it thinking that this is like a super polished game and uh, mm-hmm. that it's you're going to get the Halo 2 quality there. You'll See, be basically any game from that era now, I don't think is going to be that polished. Like, so it's fine. No, yeah. um, I, I will happily go back and play play games from that era. And I know mm. they will... It's the same with playing a Sega Saturn game. I know it's not going to have the best graphics or anything, but, you know, if you can get past that, brilliant. This right one looks on. like it just it, it enforces my idea that like games on the original Xbox were just part of the same universe. Like I feel like granted we just talked about them and maybe that's why. Like I feel like Halo, Beyond Good and Evil, like Advent Rising. I feel like these are all part of the same world somehow. You know, <laughs> mm. I, I I can understand that. Actually, yeah, you kind of do get a weird vibe about it. Or maybe that was um, just the aesthetic awesome. of the original Xbox that I'm feeling. I relate these to yeah. or something. You know. Mm-hmm. You're gonna awesome. say something, Chris? Oh. Nope, that's it. That, that, that was my pick. Okay. <laughs> Brilliant. So, on to my pick. The game I feel like people should not sleep on is an Xbox One. Well, Xbox One console exclusive, and it's also on Windows. It is Recore. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have a box to show you because I've got it digitally. Uh, I really wish I did pick up the actual physical version. But uh, Recore, have any of you heard of this game at all? Just, uh, just going to say that ask that first up. Heard it was horrible. It was the game that was made after Mighty Number no. Nine by some people on that team. Okay, and Chris, have you ever heard of Recall? Uh, yeah, I, I have. It looks kind of neat, but it was yeah. just one of those games that just didn't seem like was right up my alley, and so I never played it. So it did look yeah, really cool when I saw it first announced and everything. It looked like something I'd want to play. Yeah. So. Uh... Recall, I think, like when they were first uh, announcing it and stuff, they did have a bit of a marketing budget behind it. They were pushing it a bit, but then it kind of just died off and reviews came out. It did not do commercially that well. And the reviews were very mixed, bordering on not very good. Uh, it was released in 2016. Uh, as I say, it was on Xbox One and PC, as developed by uh, a developer called Cold Concept and Armature Studios, and it was published by Microsoft Studios. And it's uh, so when it was released, uh, actually, no, I'll tell you more about the game. So it is an action adventure platform game, uh, third person. Uh, it's set in the future. It's a sci fi style game. You are on this um, planet that's kind of like a kind of deserty, dusty planet called Far Eden. And you play the, the female protagonist, okay. uh, is called Jewel Adams. And the part of the main gameplay is that you have um, these sort of robotic dog machine type character creatures that sort of follow you around called core bots 
and they help her in um, attacking enemies and solving puzzles and stuff. They each each of her robots, her core bots, has um, unique abilities which help you get through uh, the land and solve different puzzles and stuff. Uh, essentially, you're like a volunteer who's been sent off to colonize this planet, Far Eden, and you you wake up after centuries of cryo sleep to find literally nothing's gone according to plan. Um, and uh, yeah, you're trying to uh, you're trying to. So when you when you awaken, like there's sort of structures and stuff that's been built, and the, but the, the planet's kind of like a desert. Nothing's really been resolved as it should have been. The, the planet's not really inhabit- truly inhabitable. So you you're trying to work out why this has happened. So you've got this sort of big open world type of venture, like playing field to run around in, and you go through like different. Uh, I don't want to say they're tombs as such. But they're kind of like or dungeons as such but that's kind of what they are if that the best best way to explain it you do go to these areas where you you have some platforming segments and shooting segments it's a it's a shooting kind of game like platform shooter uh yeah um and when it was released um it was praised for its graphics and most on most parts but they had quite bad loading issues when it was first released there was comments Mm. about how well some of the load times were up to four minutes long which you know on xbox one you're yeah. like what that's not good and uh like destructoid gave it four out of ten Gamespot gave it six out of ten it got like uh, games radar gave it two out of five and yeah it basically got either very average or just below average scores for most most um uh retailers uh, not retailers um reviewers but then they, they then microsoft released the definitive edition version which basically cleaned up all those problems so the reviews are not the reviews the the loading times are much better that i've never had although when i played it i've never had a gate a loading time that was four minutes long by long shots they're, they're actually normally pretty quick when i've been playing it mm. and i think it's just a really enjoyable game i think gameplay wise it's actually very solid um it's not it's not groundbreaking by any means in terms of gameplay there's there's elements of genres and games that you would have played before that this feels like it's you know cherry picked from a little bit in areas the so the best way for me to describe it, it's kind of like the second generation Tomb Raider game. So Tomb Raider Anniversary, Tomb Raider Legend, Tomb Raider Underworld. It's that style gameplay, but in a futuristic setting. So some of the, uh, as I say, dungeon type areas you go into kind of feel like some of the levels or uh, puzzles that you have in those sort of Tomb Raider games. The way you run around and shoot is feels quite similar. Um, but I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. I love the world that you're in. I, there's some certain areas you go to, like they've got some really big, wide open areas that you're in, and they've got some really cool set pieces, and you have to like make your way through them. Uh, Jewel has like uh, these sort of little jetpacks that to, to help her like move around and jump higher and things. And as I say, her uh, uh, robots, her core bots, help her out to get through things. And the combat system's really fun. The the different uh, animals, the different core bots that you have with you that you can attack different enemies uh, um, in different ways and stuff. Um, and the storyline is pretty simple, but it's actually really fun. And I like the mystery behind it. And I just think it's a, just a very solid, entertaining game. And it really annoys me that it didn't do very well. I'm just like, this is actually a really yeah. cool cool idea. It's fun. I, I would have loved to have seen more of it. But yeah, it just did not do very well. And it's really sad because it, it also looks gorgeous. I mean, it's, it's set on a desert world, so you kind of got a lot of grounds and stuff i guess but some of the some of the pieces in it look really good and the robots you fight you fight a lot of robots most of the enemies are robots basically in this game so 
they look really good and they've, they've got different style ones like you've got sort of a dog style robot you've got like a gorilla style robot who follows you around and stuff and they've got different strengths and weaknesses to help you get through puzzles and fight enemies yeah um so yeah that's it uh that's what i can really say about the game i don't want to give too much away because but i think it's really worth definitely worth a play uh i'm sure it's quite cheap to get hold of these days um, yeah i want to play this one I, I i wanted to when it was out but i didn't have an xbox one uh and i am more likely to buy a console game than a pc game if there are one or two releases um yeah com concept who you mentioned that is who made mighty number no. nine so that did not help okay. unfortunately that did not help this game at all and it's <laughs> it's bad that people are sh- so shallow that they think oh they did this uh they're gonna they're doing this it's not gonna be good they didn't even make the whole game they didn't it was like split in half or something but yeah um, it sounds like something i'd want to play but uh, yeah, I think it it just suffered. Four minutes is ridiculous. Um, yeah, I don't know there, how. There is on Game Pass. Oh, sorry. Um, it's on Game Pass, is it? You say? Yeah, that's cool yeah. though. Okay, I, uh... cool, awesome. It also has a free trial as well, like a demo that you can try out if you really want to. Uh, I'm not sure how good the demos are, um, but yeah, or. In the UK, it's only £14.99. So it's, you know... Um, and the thing is, the actual... Oh, it's on Steam. Right behind it, it's... Oh, it's on Steam now as well. Okay, yeah, the Definitive Edition is on... 20 bucks on Steam. Okay. That, that might be the way out. to play it. Yeah. Maybe. But it's also um, the... Oh, It's also wow. by Ke- Keiji Inafune, who made Metroid Prime. So it does have some kind of good people behind it i guess but there's a bundle on steam was... for this it's 70 bucks and apparently that's 12 percent off the full price um the bundle includes this sunset overdrive and quantum break oh wow so, there you go graham that's your hitters that is that's basically <laughs> all the games i would say don't sleep on but uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah wow yeah the don't sleep on bundle graham yeah. i just set it to install yes excellent i hope you enjoy it (laughs) and as i say as i said before at the start of the thing i'm not saying this is the greatest game ever and i'm not saying it'll change people's like massive tomb raider fans may not think this is as good as tomb raider but i really enjoyed it and i feel like as a tomb raider fan i did enjoy it because i enjoyed that kind of game um but yeah i i think it's well worth playing i was i was kind of surprised when i found out how poorly it did um yeah there we go I hope to play it someday. Unfortunately, I don't like to sit in front of my PC to play games, and I don't have an Xbox One though. So I, I feel the same, but if, oh, maybe if fun. you can, maybe one day we'll get you an Xbox One. That's fine. <laughs> Go right ahead. I, I think it's really cool that all all of us are buying or downloading what we just talked about and recommended. So hopefully that goes the same for the audience a little bit. Uh, I do want to play Recore, but um, yeah, I'm I enjoyed this feature and uh, a lot of picks and things to check out now for each of us. So I think that's cool that I we also, talk each other into stuff. I think it's fun to talk about games that aren't perfect either. You know, like there's it's perfectly fine for a game to be, you know, like. Uh, have a 70 metacritic or a 60 or something like that those games there's there's they're not perfect games they're not great games but there's fun to be had in those games and if if it's a certain style and it it could be you know like just really connect with someone and it could be their favorite game 
you know, like much like for me, like Phantom Dust is one of my favorite games on the Xbox and very few people played that game. Um, and it's not yeah. a perfect game, but I just, I think what it does, it does so, so well and it's very unique. Um, but you know, it's just, I, th- I think it's fun to talk about games that a lot of people don't talk about or think about anymore. Yeah, a lot and of people say this, yeah, that's this feature. Right? Yeah, a lot of people say the night trap sucks and I'm fine with them thinking that cuz I still love it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So cool. swings and roundabouts for some people, some people love them, some people hate them, but yeah, it's worth a shot sometimes. Just there are elements of games. A game doesn't need to be perfect to be able to enjoy it. Let's let's put it that way. That's right. Ooh. And I think that will do it for the show this week everybody. Um I I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope that all the listeners and viewers enjoyed the show. If you've got any comments about it, any feedback, we'd love to hear it. As we say, any of the games or TV shows or movies that we mentioned, if you've watched it or played them based on our opinion or recommendation, please do let us know. And yeah, otherwise, take it easy and stay safe. See ya. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Mega Vision Show. Today we are doing. Oh, I'm going to start again. It was terrible. That's okay. <laughs> oh god. You know what I sometimes okay. do to loosen up a little bit? I'll take this brace off, but I don't even. Re- I just go nipples like that. <laughs> you don't have to touch your nipples. I'm just saying, like I do, oh. like uh, for some reason, loosen up the lift, the lips, the wrists. <laughs> and then normally I just okay. go, but for to to freak people out, I rub my nipples if they're nearby. Not if my nipples are nearby. Yeah. If people are nearby. My nipples are always nearby. <laughs> Please start the show so I can stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Right. I'm gonna do, do a little look up.